What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Guess who's back? Back Br- again. <laughs> oh, God. Guess who was back? <laughs> so, Brittany's walking <laughs> around with her new robotic legs that we've been talking about. Can you please tell us, no. have you been able to race anybody legally? <laughs> no. Okay. Not legally. I, I, ch- I challenged a police horse, but... <laughs> <laughs> we also have fucking mouse in the studio, but I didn't hook up the mic because I'm a dickhead. Rude. Um, <laughs> Hi, mouse. No, it was kind of impromptu. We weren't expecting to do this, but he's going to be taking our top 2018 shot with us today. So what we're going to do, instead of doing a horror shot, we're just going to take a shot, basically. Yay. So um, for those of you who know uh, the Starship, uh, or as I like to call him, Nick Bonaventura <laughs> and Cass Eager, uh, they actually came back from Chicago to come visit just this past Christmas, and uh, they brought me a special gift, which was super fucking kind of you guys. I fucking love them to death. They're great. All right, here, pass them around. So, guys, if you don't if you don't know, there's a special drink out in Chicago. Ooh. Why do I have two cups? I'll take the spilled one because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Sorry, it might be a little wet on the side. I got excited. Ew. <laughs> I was like, why are there two cups? Say hi, So Mouse. I know which one's which. Hello. <laughs> we'll cut him out later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, guys. Can you hand me that? Let me just, before we take this shot, let me just kind of tell you about this. So, Malort is a type of liqueur that is produced and bottled for Carl Jepsen <laughs> Company. <laughs> what are you doing? Christ. <laughs> are you tasting it already? No, I stuck my tongue in the lime juice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it's made in Chicago, so it's a Chicago fucking tradition to drink this fucking bottoms feeding. I don't know what it is, but it is an acquired taste. Reel it in. I'm trying. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to be polite, but it says Jepson Malord has the aroma and full-bodied flavor of an unusual botanical. Its bitter taste is savored by two-fisted drinkers. So uh, this is to Cass and Nick in a new year and all the top 2018. I'm a two-fisted drinker, so I am too. I don't know about this <laughs> by the way if you guys drink this and you can get a bottle of this it's not going to taste great unless you actually have an actual i'm nervous uh like a juice or something with it to to take afterwards britney's never had this i have mouse has so i told him he had to come in here to do the shot with us so anymore without any further the, ado oh wait let me move the oh shit so fuck 2018 here's to 2019 mm. thanks nick and cass thanks <laughs> Let's see what happens. You ready? I fuck it. Like, I don't. <sighs> you ready? No. Fuck it. Okay. You ready? Yes. Cheers. All right. Chase it with the, a uh, little bit, not all of it. 
Ew! You don't have to drink the whole thing, Brittany. We're going to take another one. It tastes better with the lime, actually. <laughs> yeah, Brittany's a... Uh, you can just tell the pure joy that's on her face right now. <laughs> I don't know if she swallowed... You know what it kind of tastes like? Like medicine. <coughs> right? Yeah, that, that aftertaste doesn't go away. Like you just took some powdered aspirin and put it in your mouth. Yes. Doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, All right, give me the cup. We're doing uh, it again. No, not in a row. One more time. My eyes are I don't watering. Wanna, I don't want to get your germs on hers, you know. So wait, which one's hers? Fuck. Oh, God. Uh, We're all okay. going to die. We're all going to fucking die. I put his dick in my mouth. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, my God. And that's saying something. She's saying it tastes better than Malort. His dick tastes a lot better than that. Even Sweet. after a show? Yeah. <laughs> Little, I will take little sweaty post, mouse dick and balls over post that. Post-head game. <laughs> Good lord. All right, that I don't know if I can. You can do it. Uh, I don't want to throw up. Yeah, just immediately chase it. I can't get that taste out of my mouth. <clears throat> Are you, gonna, you ready? Why do you think this is hilarious? <laughs> Dude, you got new robotic legs. Stop being a pussy. I'm Fuck, just <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers. <laughs> I see. Mm-mm. Nope. Not cheersing you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cheers with them. Thanks. Thanks, Mouse. Get Appreciate cheers, it. I'm not Love you, brother. You. <laughs> You're a horrible human. Yeah, it's going to make us feel weird, by the way, guys. So. Great. Yeah, no. I need a break. No, come on, Brady. Do I it. Do it. Don't think about it. I can't. <laughs> All right. This is going to be the, the second throw up uh, we've had on the show <laughs> in about a five, four. <laughs> Dude, I don't even care if you get it on the floor. I'll clean it up. <laughs> Brittany, you're a fucking goddamn champion. Ugh, I know. I'm like a man. <laughs> yeah, we only have a little bit left. You've swallowed I... larger loads, Brittany. You no. can handle it. Oh! <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> you guys miss my dick jokes? <laughs> like, they're back. Oh, they're still there. Trust me. I can't. Uh, I'm an eight-year-old, I so. Think, I think our I think our fans like appreciate my dick jokes a little uh, more. Though. Yeah, well, it's more. Yeah, it makes it makes me feel comfy. I'm, that's I'm for al- sure. I'm also twelve. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we brought you on, Brady, so we can talk about dicks. Yay! It's <laughs> my sole job. I have one job. All right, I, but one job. Thank you, Mouse, for joining us on this wonderful adventure. I just want like salty something in my mouth to get rid of. Mouse, uh, pull your pants down. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Not in here. <laughs> Not in the sanctity of the studio. <laughs> you can take a shit on the floor. You can puke on the walls, but you're not sucking a dick in here. That's a big difference. Like I can, I can take a shit on the floor and puke on the walls, but I can't suck All a right. dick. Yeah, maybe. At you're least right. I clean up my own mess. <laughs> maybe you're right. I, I don't know. I wasn't thinking that out, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to see the goddamn. I wouldn't shit. do it in front of Murray. I will never look at Mouse again the same. <laughs> I won't even be able to kiss him again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think you guys realize just how much fucking uh, the huge undertaking it is for uh, someone to do a top list because anybody that's willing to do a top list generally wants to make it the epitome of the greatest 
movies that you can think of, but at some point you have to just let go and just kind of go with your gut. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that you're trying to appeal to everyone or anything like that. It's just like you want to be as honest and true to your feelings. And it gets muddled up when you've seen hundreds of fucking movies. Yeah, I literally went into this and went, fuck what everybody else thinks. This is my list for me for whatever reason. Right. And that's the way it should be every time. Yeah. Like, I don't care about anybody else has to say about like, I don't like that pick. Or why was that one? number four when it should have been number two or I'm like no well, you, if, you, if like. you try to like appeal to anybody then you're just going to piss somebody off no matter what so it doesn't matter what you do you just have to go with what you think hey Murray thanks for uh, joining the podcast Murray. you're going to want to eat orange slices back. when you come down from this I'm just kidding <laughs> we're going to take you over to the chill tent I was like I saw oranges over there I, like, <laughs> I will get one Tangelo's I'm about to go crazy on one of those bananas in your kitchen. Are you feeling kind of amped up a little bit? A little bit. I kind of want to fight you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Happy 2019, motherfuckers. I kind of want to jump across this table and just like kill you in front of the green screen. Everybody's like, get on with the fucking show, I know. you pieces of shit. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We know she's back. She's going to make dick jokes. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Move along. All right, guys. So what we'll do now is we're going to jump into our top 2018 horror movies. And we've got mentions. We've got our top 10 each. You're going to want to stick around for the whole fucking episode and uh, see how we devolve into madness with these um, alert shots. (laughs) So without further ado, let's do our top horror of 2018. Right now. Okay, guys, so it, the time has come. It's time for us to uh, talk about the, the movies that tinkled our pickles and uh, labias. Tinkled our pickles or tinkled? Tinkle, I don't know. I'm a little fucked up on the Lord, I think. <laughs> and, and only two shots deep, too. Like, what the fuck? Balls deep. It, doesn't it make you feel kind of like giddy? Yeah. Just a little bit? Like I still want to fight you. A little <laughs> bit, <so. laughs> We're going to wrestle, knock over the goddamn t- the computer and shit. <laughs> like, uh, I win! <laughs> It's my show now. <laughs> but even though I don't know how to do anything. So we have a kind of an agenda of how we want to do things here and we discussed how we were going to do them. So first off, we want to start it off with some of the movies that we felt that could have made the top 10 list but didn't, which technically means they could have been our top 15 or 20 choices but didn't make the top 10. Yep. So Brittany, do you want to do you want to do the honors and kick one off with yeah. uh, one of your movies? Well, first of all, actually, before we do any of that, let me let me preface this. 2018 has been insanely good for horror uh, in different ways. Like it's not the, you know, blood fist in the ass, like schlocky, crazy horror that you may be fond of but it has been a very thinkative year a thrilling year and i say thrilling because it has there's been a lot of like borderline horror movies in a way but to me i consider to be very horror based um because people die consistently like what else is it is it a comedy is it a people die consistently (laughs) yeah like what the fuck um 
but it has been a great year. Like, would you agree? You yeah, think? it really has, actually. There's been so, like, like some years you'll sit there and you'll watch the movies and you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is good. You know, like, I, I can get into that. But you kind of like, you're like, oh, it's good. You know, like, like this year, it's like, wow, there has been a lot of fucking really amazing independent horror films that have come out. And like we're really in the thick of the boom now. I don't know if we're at its peak, and I hope it just continues on for a couple more years. Uh, but shit is just flying out there for us. And I and I had a really hard time picking some movies. We tried to watch as many films as we possibly could. Did we see all of them? Of course not. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> But we tried to watch as many as we possibly could within the time frame that we had. And believe me, I had a top 30 list that I ha added 10 more each week to because I found newer ones that I was like, I got to watch this. I got to watch this. Brittany was tied to the bed. Yeah. With her back fucked up. Dude. Tied to the bed. <laughs> her mouse was fucking her mouth. I was in my own horror movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Coming out 2020. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Brittany's <laughs> going to kick off some of the, the, the honorable mentions for 2018 right now. All right, so I'm going to start off with a movie that I just kicked from my top 10 because I ended up with the top 11 somehow. Okay. <laughs> so, and it's hard for me to push this one off of my top 10 because I really, really liked it. Okay. But I feel like all the others kind of deserve to be there a little bit more. So um, the first movie that's going to make my honorable mentions is called Dead Shack. Okay. It's basically about, uh, while staying at a cabin in the woods during the weekend, three teenage kids discover their neighbor is feeding guests to her zombie family. In short order, the battle is on as the kids fight to save themselves and their family. I'm pretty sure this also was technically released in 2017, but I really don't care. It technically is, but it, it's kind of on the fence. It's, it's one of those it ones is. where it was in the festivals for like six months. And then it was like released right. on everything yeah, else like, in 2018. It was just so. like the, 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 the fucking shit tail end of the fucking 2017. Yeah. So. so like I really, I don't care. I think I have like two other movies on here that are technically came out in 2017 because of the cool. film, arc, film circuit. And then they like, or the film, whatever. And why did you enjoy this one? I fucking love my horror comedy, as like everybody knows. So one of the things with this movie, it's fucking hilarious. Okay. Plain and simple. Like, it's bloody, it's gory, it's violent, and it's fucking funny. Like, there's dick jokes, alcohol, <laughs> and what, what else do you want? Oh, fucking, that's what There's blood, it. there's that's... gore. Like, what else do you need? Like, yeah, the, dick, the jokes, dick jokes, I was let's, like, let's I, wrote, admit it, Brittany. I wrote this movie. Like, this, <laughs> this is my movie. Um, but the, like, it's, what I didn't anticipate happening with this was that in its short run, because it's not a very long film, but you um, develop relationships with the characters really easily. So they did a really good job of writing their parts and with the casting. Okay. So you you kind of like understand these kids really quickly, but then you fall in love with the one, like the brother and sister's like dad. Okay. Because he's fucking right. so no, no, funny. I watched it. I enjoyed it. He's definitely. so fucking funny. But I think I watched it like earlier in 2018. Yeah. It, I don't know. Like it, it was like a gem to me. Like it was really hard for me to bump it from my top 10 just because I really fucking enjoyed it. And right. There's one of the things that like you can really love horror movies, but sometimes you think about it. Did I really en enjoy this? Like, mm -hmm. and this is a movie that I can go back continuously and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and still love it. Where there's other ones where I'm like, yeah, it's like a one and done okay. kind of thing. So I, this is a fun one. If you like fun horror movies, like those pizza and beer with your friends, like horror movies, this is definitely one of those. It's not one of the greatest fucking films to ever come out, but it's smart. It's interesting. It's different. They put a pretty like a pretty fun spin on everything, and it's enjoyable like from beginning to end. Okay, it has a good finish to it. Like it's it's good, and okay. it, it kind of it has like these little bit of like 
you kind of see them coming twists, but at the same time, you don't. And, like, one moment in particular, like, caught me off guard completely, and I was super bummed about it, but it was, like, necessary at the same time. So, I don't know. Watch it if you haven't seen it. I If you like horror comedies, you'll love this one. If you don't like horror comedies, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, <laughs> but Well, yeah. I mean, I definitely enjoyed it. I have a movie that I thought deserves a little attention. I don't think it was in the top 10, but I definitely think that it is a movie that you should watch. It has kind of divided people over in the UK a little bit. I saw a lot of like comments and shit about this movie, but for me personally, I really enjoyed it. It was called Await Further Instructions about this family who is celebrating Christmas. They, one of the estranged sons comes back home after, you know, begrudgingly comes home with his new girlfriend who happens to be like another nation's, like, you know, they get a message on the TV that says, you know, basically you have to do this, this thing and, uh, everybody's infected outside. We've locked you in your houses to prevent you from fucking getting hurt and they have to follow these instructions on the television the television essentially tells them what they need to be doing which is a huge like subject about what we see in the media and like how it infects ourself into what we do and, and it's a it's kind of like a you know a parable or a, you know whatever you know parallel of like what we experience only in the most dire situation and it's pretty interesting i thought it was really good i'm a huge sucker for stuff that is like social media media and how we ingest it and how it affects us and how people react to it and how the greater whole of everybody react to these type of things and i think it's really prevalent Mm -hmm. so i I think you should guys should check it out may not be for everybody but i really enjoyed it what about you what's another one uh the next one that i have it's it's not a horror movie Okay. It's not. No, that's fine. I have a few in here that are mine, too. I have to fucking mention it because it was insanely beautiful. It's a film called November. Okay. Um, It's it's from Estonia. Okay. Which, to me, is what caught my eye, like, from right off the bat because, like, Estonia. Like, I've never seen anything from Estonia ever. Mm Mm-hmm. And so in a in a poor Estonian village, group of peasants use magic and folk remedies to survive the winter, and a young woman tries to get a young man to love her. Right. So it's basically like this kind of romantic story, essentially. Right. Okay. Um, but it, what got me so much with this film is that it's all black and white, which oh. is very fucking rarely ever done anymore. It's on Shudder. I think I know way. which one it is. Yes. Um, I do know what it is. I and, almost watched it, but I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. It's hell. It kind of, it's based off of a book. It tells all these different tales of Estonian folklore mm-hmm. and like rituals and butt craft and witchcraft. Wait, butt craft? And butt craft, whatever. <laughs> Probably buttcraft. I said blackcraft. <laughs> Watch out for those farts. I don't know. Um, but what it really boils down to initially is this dark sort of romantic fairy tale. Okay. Um, that is beyond a visual masterpiece. Like, okay. from start to finish, this film is just absolutely gorgeous. Because everything that's going on is so atmospheric. And that was a big thing this year, I feel like, for 2018. Is yes. They really took all these movies and made them like these atmospheric Thank horror you. films. And like they really dive deeply into your brain and your psyche. And I right. love that. There's a really big brood of like stuff a bubbling. I fucking love psychological horror. Yeah. So I'm, I'm way into that. I'm way into shit that makes me think. And like this isn't a horror movie by any means. It's it's definitely more of like a fantasy, like but it's dark appealing. thriller. Like not even a thriller. It's just like dark fantasy. But it's beautiful to watch. And it's interesting. And it's a lot of dark imagery okay and themes hmm. so you know it, it kind of fits and it's a little bit appropriate so i i watch it just for the crats alone like and when you see it you'll realize what a crat is and those things are creepy as fuck well 
They make deals with the fucking devil, you guys. Like, blood packs. That's pretty interesting. To make these stupid crap things. Like, it's interesting. Well, one of mine that I wanted to pick, that I had to pick, and I, I really, like, I tried to get the word out for everybody. We even interviewed the director, for Christ's sake. And it's not even horror. It's technically, like, exploitation crime um Tarantino-esque style movie, which is Low Life. Loved that film. Dude, fucking man. Everybody that worked on this film, including Ryan Prowse, who we interviewed as the director, it's a fucking hit. It's a knock out of the park, dude. This is probably one of my favorite movies of the whole year. Like, it really is. Like, I could not believe that this movie was an independent film. No. Like, it was like... It feels so high budget. But it's also kind of tongue in cheek, but it's also like really dark humor and mm-hmm. shit. I loved it. It man. was great. It was really, really dude. And good. I'm not just saying that, guys, because we interviewed the director. Like I, I wouldn't have asked him to come on had had I sought him out because yeah, watched, I loved the movie so we much. Watched the movie before you interviewed the director. Like if this was a horror film, I would have just this would have been one of my like top three slot Easily. contenders. Easily. Like you guys really need to watch this. I'm not going to fucking mention it again because you guys need to just watch it and trust me on it. It's it's a good film. If you can get into Tarantino films. Yeah, you can get into You this. can get into this. And I don't want to compare it to Tarantino, but it's the closest thing that I could possibly try to explain. But it's way darker and fucked up than Tarantino, I think. So uh, good on you, Ryan Prowse, and everybody that worked on that film. Congratulations, dude. Like, I wish yeah. I could have picked this for my top 10, but it isn't horror 100%, but I really think that anybody that's a horror fan would appreciate it. So. It's great. Good job. Seriously. What about you? What's your next one? Uh, my next one is going to be Slice. So, oh, yeah, that's one of mine. Like, I had to, I had to include it. Yes, dude. If you guys remember, like, it's about this weird small town where spooky, like, for spooky fucking small towns where there's werewolves and whatever. And there's, like, pizza delivery boys that are getting murdered left and right. And they're trying to figure out what's happening. And well, not just pizza boys. It was um, initially it starts as pizza boys that are getting slain like on the job. So they start yeah. like from this. But then they pizza kill place. like some of the people that deliver the pizza too. So they think it's the people at the pizza place or something, isn't it? I don't remember like, yeah. honestly it's I don't cool, remember though. like how it ends up going, but it it was fun. It created its whole world and mythos and it had this like kind of like substantial like point and message across that it came with, but masked behind like silly kind of like dry humor. Uh, which a lot of people have fell on deaf ears with, but I personally think it was really good. And the director, can't think of his name off the top of my head. Well, let's look it up real quick. I mean, if you guys remember, we did review this because we we paired it with another film um, a couple of months ago, and Alex and I both were really surprisingly in love with this movie because of how fun it was. Right. Austin Vesely, by the way, is the director, and he actually has done a lot of um, videos for Chance the Rapper. Yeah, and this was Chance the Rapper's first This is his first first feature film, film, yeah. And he was And Chance's first feature film, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's really fun. I think it's one that you should add to your collection, even if it's not at the top of the pile. It's definitely a good horror-themed comedy. It's for sure like a a B-horror movie. Right. You know, absolutely. It's it's nothing like out of this world fucking incredible, but it, it I, is I like so it, fun. It drags you into its mythos. Yeah, it its really world. does. It's it's cool. Like they did a lot with this story and it's like when you look and you read about it, you're just like, This sounds absolutely batshit bonker bananas. Like And it is. And it is, but it's fun. But if you look at it that way and you go into it and go, Okay, this is just supposed to be a silly kind of like tale. Yeah. Try not to think too much into it. There's so many, I feel like, on, on my list in particular that I'm just like, 
go into it as blind as possible. Like, right. Try not to look into what other people have to say about it. But like this, because this one has really bad reviews and it like bums me the fuck it out. It does bum me too. It's like, really funny. I'm like, am I that fun. wrong? Or is it like, did not people not get it? I don't think they get it. I think that's all it is. And I, I love, I loved this. So Slice is one of those films. Give it a chance. Watch it. It's, I think it's either on Shutter or it's on uh, Netflix. I think it's on Prime, actually. Prime. It's on yeah. Prime. Yeah. Because yeah. I saw it recently come up and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Worth, fun movie. Worth watching if you own Prime. So get on it. Yeah. It. One of the last ones, or not last ones, I, we've got a few more here. We probably should shoot through these a little bit quicker. Um, Suspiria 2018, I got to finally watch it. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me what I thought of it. I thought it was a good film. I enjoyed it. Did you watch it? No. Okay. Uh, I had to get it in there, and I figured since I I you were you were like out sick, basically, I tried. But I I would I would watch it because I was just desperately trying to cure. I bought it technically vi- digitally uh, because I think it was like fifteen bucks. So I was like, yeah. fuck it, I just need to watch it. The Suspiria twenty eighteen. It doesn't make the top. But it's, I would definitely highly recommend it. The director, Luca Guadagnino, uh, who by all means took it in his own direction, which I think is the right choice. A lot of people are like, I've noticed online are like, well, you either, you know, like you have to hate it or you have to love it. And I, I think that's the wrong way to look at it because I think Luca did a decent job. Like I thought he did a really good job. It is nowhere near, I'm still a fan of the original more than this one um, for uh, many different reasons. But the vision that he had for what Suspiria was going to be, it is exposing of a lot of what Suspiria was about in the original film in a lot of ways. And like the movie just kind of starts off and just tells you everything right off the bat. It doesn't hide anything, uh, which I think it was probably pissed people off a little bit because it is atmospheric, but it isn't like, you know, Suspiria atmospheric. Uh, Even, even, you know, with the front man of fucking Radiohead doing the music, he even borrowed from some of the score a little bit to make it. But I think what they did in the film, I thought it was really good. I think it's 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 a viable movie to pick to um, in some form of top 20. I think it's worth watching. Dario Argento hated it. <laughs> Not hated it, but he just said, you know, I like Luca very fine, but it just doesn't have the spirit of the movie. Yeah. Definitely up for debate for most people. I think he did the right choice. I think trying to touch a movie as big as Suspiria in the first place is a big, it's a huge undertaking. Yeah. Like you don't try to copy the master. Okay. Because you will always be considered the master or the copycat. You do what you want to do. And I think he did the right choice. So some people disagree. But what about you? What's your next one? Um, my next one is it came out late 2018 in December and it's a film called The Appearance. Yeah, I didn't get to see that, by the way. Um, it's based in like during the Spanish Inquisition. OK. And it's these monks in this monastery where one of the monks is murdered. And they have captured this girl from this from their little town that they believe is a witch. And so they believe she's the one that's killing, you know, all the monks or killing the monks and whatever, because more murders happen when they bring in the Inquisitor. Okay. So they were initially just going to burn this girl at the stake. But one of the monks wrote to the Inquisitor because that's who they would have come in and look at crimes like these to determine if people were actually guilty or innocent by doing like series of like godly tests or whatever. Like our history is so fucked up. But oh, sure. I love period pieces like this. Um, So it's another reason why a a different movie made it to my top 10 um, because I and it was a little hard for me not to put this in here, but this didn't give me what I wanted out of it. I feel like it was a little bit 
it missed the mark in a lot of ways, but it was still really good. It did suck me in a lot because it's fucking Hodor. So if you love Game of Thrones, <laughs> like as much as I do, the actor who plays Hodor is in this and he plays Johnny and Johnny is just as fucking lovable as Hodor. And it does give you another heartbreaking moment of the Hodor experience from Game of Thrones, <laughs> which killed me and I was super pissed about it. But it was still a solid film. I mean, you give me Plague Doctor masks and torture devices, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. The acting is fantastic. There's good gore in here, and it was just a fun story. Like, it was an interesting story. And there's um, good creepy moments in it, too, that I didn't see coming. So I say give it a watch. Like, it actually made, like, one person's list that I was reading, and that's where I was like, I never even heard of it because it came out so late in 2018. And, And it's barely hit like the circuits like people are now just starting to kind of catch on to this movie okay um it's worth renting like right now you can rent it on prime um but i'm sure it's gonna hit shutter or netflix or probably netflix or something like that because of the fact that the guy from game of thrones is in it and but the acting is fantastic in here and the visuals are great i like i still think it's worth a watch okay one of the speaking of period pieces apostle on netflix was actually pretty damn good uh there's some good acting there's some good visual work there a little bit of the cgi towards the end bothered me a little bit but i definitely think it's worth watching if you haven't seen it yet on netflix if you have netflix what the fuck are you waiting on just watch it anyway get an opinion i think it's kind of like a play on the witchery stuff um but like goes a little bit more in the explaining why kind of situation and like these weird culty feel so it has a little bit of a mix of everything and like that old blood sort of styles but yeah i liked it i thought it was a good movie it didn't make my top 10 but i think everybody should probably check it out do you have another one or i have one more okay um which i feel like is going to surprise a lot of people of why this one (laughs) made my honorable mentions and not my top 10 but this one is just you know a little film called mom and dad oh okay um and you know i know i know like i really wanted two films from Nicolas cage to be in my top 10 this year but i just couldn't do it okay i don't know i as much as i like loved and appreciated this movie which i feel like everybody should be well versed in what this is about by now if you if you're not it's parents that want to kill their kids right essentially and it, it states that it's a 24-hour hysteria a lot of elements of this film that just go above and beyond and it does play with one of the most taboo things in the world which is the slaughter of children, children. yeah they do a really good job of like writing the fine line yeah between this of not getting too like not going too far into that where some other films have like more underground films that have taken that chance to like actually kill a kid on screen which is it happens okay but this is not something that people technically like really want to see so i was kind of surprised when they said you know they released this movie and said what it's about and i'm like oh fuck this is gonna be great didn't give me everything that i really wanted from it and why it didn't make my top 10 is because of the ending okay fair enough I've heard that I've heard that complaint a lot actually. Like it is it made me mad. It pissed off Mouse. Like Mouse was like the most upset about it. I think that like Mouse was just so pissed. Like he's still fucking bothered by it. Like he's really? just like okay. he liked the movie, but he's like, but the fucking ending. Like I just don't understand. And I'm like, I'm with you, babe. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it either. So that it kind of pushed it out of my top ten for me, but it's still a good movie. It's really funny. You get Nicolas Cage going crazy, which is one of the what everybody most wants. majestic things that has ever been given to us here. Yeah, he's like a unicorn when it comes everybody to Everybody needs shit. to appreciate Psycho Nicolas Cage <laughs> for what he is because he's <laughs> great. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. 
It just, okay. I feel like if they would have ended it, like actually f- closed the, off the story or just gave me a little bit more of a fulfilling ending, then I would have definitely been in my top 10. And I really thought it was going to be because I wanted to be like, two of mine are Nicolas Cage films. Like, fuck yeah, go Nick Cage. But okay, they he, they barely missed my top 10 here, but they didn't make it. One of mine. But it's so good. One of mine is uh, Overlord, which I think is a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I still haven't watched it because I can't fucking rent it from anywhere. I don't want to spoil anything with it. I just want to say that if you are a fan of Wolfenstein, the supernatural version of it, the video game, you will appreciate this movie. The opening of the movie is amazing. Like, me and Christina were blown away by it. Like, it it could, the opening scene could rival any fucking war movie that you've ever seen. That's what I've heard. And it was amazing. Like, I was blown away by that. It took me places that I wanted to go, but it didn't push through that extra layer to make it great uh so it didn't make my top 10 list list for that reason um but i still am going to own it and i'm still going to watch it a lot of times it drags a little bit but i think it's a really good movie i really want to watch it like i'm so bummed because i can't fucking find it anywhere to rent yeah pisses me the fuck off i'm like just let me watch this movie it's been out for months like i don't understand this because i i don't know i wanted to see it since the fucking trailer right but i never go to the theater so there's that Another movie that I want to bring up is a movie that Sci-Fi put out, and they actually released it on VOD before they aired it, I think, even. But it was Leprechaun Returns oh, on Lord. Sci-Fi, yeah. Sci-Fi released a decent yeah. movie? And guess who did it? Steven Kostansky, who is the director of The Void. Really? Yeah. Did this movie, and um, I and I did a review on this and everything, if you guys want to check it out on I our YouTube. I will have to give it a chance. Uh, I think it's a really good return to Leprechaun. If you can make it as far as like Leprechaun 3, I think, or 2 or 3, it kind of has a mix of like 1, 2, and 3 in there. Like they, I thought they did a really good job. And I think Steven Kostansky was a, a good choice. Uh, I think the, um, the guy who played the Leprechaun, which I can't think of his name off the top of my head. And I'm sorry I didn't write this down because it's just mentionables. I think it's worth a watch. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to own it. I bought the entire franchise for like 15 bucks on Amazon other than that movie. Neat. Just because of it. So it has to be mentioned, in my opinion. Uh, another movie that I thought that was really good was The Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, which we did an interview with Dallas Sonnier and the creator of Fangoria. And this is one of their first movies. So Dallas Sonnier is a producer. He's done a lot of different action films and stuff. But he started doing this, The Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. And we, if you guys don't know, we do a, we have like a, a Facebook group called Do You Love Horror? Question mark. If you guys ever want to join it, join it. Because sometimes we'll do like movie watches where we all watch the movie at the same time we have only done it once and this was one of the movies and literally we were just writing comments to each other the whole time while we were watching it like in this group and it was fucking hilarious we had a really good time with it uh i don't think it's like the best cinema i've ever seen but it it really did kind of make me appreciate the the puppet master franchise again and makes me kind of want to watch it again so i think uh it's true to form you know of the original so but a little sillier you know what i mean master it's funny uh, it, it, and the acting is a little spotty, I'll be honest, but... Yeah, not, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, there, and it even has one of the guys from uh, Reno 911. Fuck yeah, which one? The guy wears little shorts? The head guy. I can't oh, think of his okay. name. <laughs> the mustache? No, the... 
Well, they all have mustaches. I just they do have mustaches. Not Andy Samberg. Right? The, the 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 head chief of the police I know in who Reno. You're about. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. I know who you're talking about. Uh, another one that I want to mention is Upgrade. I saw this on a lot of people's horror list, and to be honest, it was on a lot for almost me. Every single one that I saw. Yeah, I, I I love the movie. It was a little disappointing in some areas. I think it became kind of like an eight for me um, when I saw it. I I still liked it, but it it just didn't take me where I wanted to go. I guess maybe uh, personally on a personal level, it didn't go everywhere I wanted to go, but I still love it. And um, I just didn't think it belonged in the top ten because it's not horror. In my personal opinion, it's more of like a sci-fi thriller action comedy in a way. But I think it definitely is worth watching, and I'm definitely going to own it. So, And then last but not least for me, because I had like 10. She included one that I already talked about. We already talked about, which was Slice. Um, the Ritual, which was on Netflix movie that I really enjoyed. If you like creature feature, like people in the woods, kind of crazy shit going on, magic and like fever dream, like shit changing around you all the time. I think The Ritual is a really good movie. and It, it almost made my top 10. Um for this year. So I, I think if you haven't already seen it and you like like witchcraft and like, you know, people out in the middle of the woods and creatures, you'll appreciate this movie. I thought it was really kind of like outside of the norm. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's worth noting. So I saw that on at least like two people's lists that right. actually like made their tops. And then for other people, it made their. Convention. Well, it was it was the top of the list for a lot of people in the beginning of the year. Whenever it came yeah, out, it was because it was early in the year. Right. Though. Yeah. Like, yeah. That came out in like there was a February. lot of good films this year. It was tough. Yeah. This yeah, it was 2018 is like the comeback of fucking horror. Like it like this is the pinnacle of horror in the longest time in fucking credible. And it's like we have a lot to a lot to thank to the like revisions of older movies now that's like bringing that back right and but there are so many new original ideas that are coming out that aren't getting big theatrical releases which bums me the fuck out because a lot of these are like shutter originals netflix originals yeah fucking like on hulu it's pretty crazy times are changing it blows my fucking mind where a fucking streaming service can have a better film than you know what goes to the full like but that i've always liked indie films more than anything right. else so i guess well, it doesn't really surprise it's me. like the transition from newspaper to fucking television I feel like you know almost or, everything or that made my radio to television yeah. it's, it's, it's just how we and we uh absorb the the media you know? like almost everything that's made my top is not a theatrical release film i don't know like this was the year of shutter primarily and like big time yeah and netflix like good job all right, guys, so now we're going to go ahead and jump into our top 10 of 2018 BTV style. we're back and so uh now we're gonna take a shot because we're gonna need one after we get into this i think pickle juice would actually work really well to counteract this too Just, it probably would work actually yeah because yeah. have you ever had you've done picklebacks before right yeah what she's talking about is we're gonna take another shot of malort thanks to nick what? and cass we're finished well this is the end of the bottle yeah this is the that we finished we, there was more than half when we got this and now we're finishing it so cheers Brittany. Congratulations on being back and everything yeah. worked out okay. Good job. Spine surgery. <laughs> I mean, metal legs. Cheers. Robot legs. 
forgot what robot we legs. I forgot what we said it was. It's, <laughs> it's a risky procedure. It's a risky procedure. <laughs> Woo! That's sour. I gave you extra just in case. I fucking love lime juice. Oh my god, it's terrible. I love sour shit. That's too sour. Nope. My 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 butthole is blowing Your lime rings. It's blowing lime rings out. <laughs> Christina is gonna. She's gonna be like, are you cutting lemons or something? Ew. I'm gonna hold on to the rest of this lime juice because I'm just gonna drink it. All right, all right, guys. So we had to do a shot before we did our top ten. We you had, have made. We had it, to. You've made it this far. I I want to congratulate everyone <laughs> for making this list. I know we're nobody, but you know, to us, this is a big deal. Um, this sp- was hard. We spent a lot of time and it was like a really stressful thing for me because I really, it took me a lot of thought and I like, I really just had to grasp onto my gut, like what I felt like was a really good film. So since you've been away for a long time, why don't we go ahead and kick it off? We're going to go in order from, from <sighs> 10 down to the top movie of 2018. So mm-hmm. Brittany, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? All right. The number 10 on my list was Pie Whacket. Oh, okay. Um, which almost didn't make my list, to be honest, but I, I kind of I pushed it pushed it up a little. It's about a frustrated, angst-ridden teenage girl who awakens something in the woods when she naively performs an occult ritual to evoke a rich, a, wi- a rich, a witch to kill her mom. So... I feel like most of us were angsty teenagers who hated or at least pretended to hate our parents. Right. Um, however, I never wanted to summon a fucking demon to go after mine. <laughs> um, so there's a big difference between me and the girl in this movie. It does seem a bit extreme. Um, it does move a little bit slow, but they're, they were overall pretty successful in mounting tension here. Okay. And I am usually pretty good about seeing plot twists coming from a mile away but this one took a bit of a different turn that caught me off guard a little bit okay um it dives into the power of true belief and its potential outcomes which i really really liked about this movie because don't fuck with shit you don't don't fuck with shit you don't know first of all do not (laughs) fuck with the occult do not fuck with witchcraft like and while these kids are like the biggest fucking posers i've ever seen it is really a little extreme it was kind of insulting yeah it was that's me. what bothered me a little bit like that was the hardest like because it really was like to me i look at this and i'm just like the soundtrack for this movie is actually pretty decent and that's the chick from it follows right i believe you're right the, yeah. the main girl yeah I think yeah so yeah um but the acting was fantastic okay uh, everybody in this movie like the the lead the mom is great she's a great actress though and i i can't think of her name off the top yeah, of I can't my head either, but yeah. she's, she's a good actress the main lead chick great she was fantastic she she has to play all these different like roles here and she does a really convincing job at every single role and every single hat that she puts on like she's convincing and she's solid so and i love the fact that it goes from like every one of us that's had this moment like with our parents or even with another person where like you have this extreme fucking hatred for them because they did something that really fucking pissed you off so you go and you do something shitty well she probably thought it never was gonna happen it was just her way of outrage because i would never think that that would happen you know what i mean i don't believe in fucking like god or higher power or anything like that but you you wouldn't want to fuck with it no i'm not gonna go perform a fucking ritual and first of all how she cuts herself for this too like throws me through a fucking loop yeah like that's some extra commitment that needs stitches yeah like i watched that and i'm like that needs fucking stitches like that's way too deep (laughs) like why would you do that and that's how you're supposed to cut like why would you do that (laughs) like just poke your hand and bleed a little bit into the milk you dumbass but anyway but that kind of sells again like how fucking angry she is 
and that's what I, I liked so much about it because it was believable. Okay. Like her acting was believable. The story is believable ish, but that's the whole point to me that came across for the movie was it was to show what happens or what can happen when you really truly believe in the power of mysticism, magic, <laughs> you know, know magic yeah. or demons Do you believe or the in occult. Magic? Yeah. Like anything like that. And you know what? And that fucking pie wagged demon, please creepy as fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Creepy ass fuck. Like when, ugh. like in the mom, like the, the chick that's acting, like she does so, she does such a great job of just like being convincing that she's like possessed as shit. Mm-hmm. And I love that. But that fucking demon, like when it comes out from like the back of the house and it's just like, and its head's flipping all over the fucking place. And like, I hate shit that does that, by the way. And I know most of the time they actually use real contortionist actors. Right. Yeah. To yeah, do yeah. that, which I fucking love. Yeah. It's like, uh, Javier Botet. It's amazing. And the, the chick that was in, um, the second season <clears throat> of a series of unfortunate events that mm-hmm. plays the, I haven't uh, watched it con- yet. So good. She plays the contortionist, um, at the carnival. Um, She's been in multiple horror films as well. Okay. And I, I, so I, I love the fact that it's mostly like actual actors. I don't know if that's the case here, or if they use CGI or not, but I don't care because it was fucking unnerving and I loved it. Okay. But the twist at the end is what really sold this movie for me. Like it came, it came around full circle because before it was just mediocre. Like I was like, yeah, this is fine. Like that demon thing kind of was like, fuck yeah. Like I'm like, I'm into this because it's creepy and I don't like it and that's fun. But then the end. I was like, holy fuck. Well, don't, yeah, don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. I want to so bad, you guys, but I'm not going to. But that fucking ending, like, it was like a punch in the gut. Okay. Well, can I interject with just a few thoughts that I had? Yes. I did watch the movie. Um, I wasn't a fan of it. I, I felt like uh, the main girl's uh, acting was a little too stiff for my taste. Yeah, I get like and a, like you said, borderline insulting when it comes to the whole like the, goth yeah. and like you know they were supposed to be like metalheads, and like to me that was like it was a little overdone. They're for like me. black metal, like heavy right. metal, and I'm like, that's come on. And it took a long time before a lot of this stuff happened for me personally, but you know I, I can definitely see, and I think Kyle, our writer on the LongLiveTheVoid.com. He wrote it as one of his top. So yeah, I really liked it. Surprisingly, like I didn't think I would because I was so annoyed, <laughs> right, like, with their portrayal of like these kids. But no. I was like, eh. sometimes little things like that really kind of hit you the it, right way. It it, it really and sometimes does. it's the second viewing that you really kind of grasp like a thing, and that's why I tried to watch rewatch every single movie that we watched. Yeah, you know, just to give it. Yeah, it's fair that's, light. That's one of the reasons why like caught me up with like not being able to get some of, some these of the mo- movies I wanted to because right. I rewatched them. Second time I watched them, sometimes it changed my opinion a little bit. Of, like it could have gone down or up, mm-hmm. and uh, that's happened to me. It moved some of them down for me, or moved some of them up for me. Right. Um, my top ten is what keeps you alive. It was uh, directed and written by Colin Minihan. Or Minihan, I don't know how to say the name, but I thought that this movie was this this was one of those movies that was actually off my radar for quite a while. It wasn't even until the tail end of me watching all of my top twenty eighteen that I actually got a chance to sit down and check it out. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the songs in the movies, which is like a remix remake of uh, this person called Monroe uh, Bloodlet, but there's a remix a remake of it by Audrey. 
that has been stuck in my head for like two fucking weeks. And like literally we even listened to it like right before we fucking recorded because I was like, you gotta hear this. It's really good. I don't know what it is. And like there's some errors in the music making even in the remix like that bug the shit out of me. Like like one of the keys goes off and then there's like the like distorted vocals that they do. But I know it's like to kind of like... It's atmospheric. Yeah, it's like some sort of thing. But anyway, this movie, What Keeps You Alive... I think is a really, really good film. And it's a, it's about love and betrayal that I think is, is like pretty phenomenal. Like for an independent film, especially, um, it, it's got like gore. It's got the survival horror aspect. It's got a psychopath. It's essentially about two girls who've been married for a year who retreat to an uncle's cabin. And one, what unfolds there is psychologically fucked up. And like, it really puts you and forces you to be in the position of like, what would you do if the person that you loved without a shadow of a doubt turned on you? Mm-hmm. And you don't know who it is at first. So it's really cool. Like, I really like, and I won't spoil it for you guys, obviously, but um, I'll just say that, you know, one of the girls, she just switches from sweet to sour really good. She's like a Sour Patch Kid. She did a, it's it's unnerving, and there's some pretty, you know, some of the acting is a little, mm, you know, at times, but I think overall the film stands out more than most films I saw this year. And that soundtrack is really good. The music in it is really good. It's uh, it's pretty stylish. Um, it's just stuck with me, you know? And I, I definitely think people need to really give it a shot. Yeah. It's not your demon horror movie, you know, like blatant horror. Um, but it is definitely worth watching if you like. And it, it's got some gore in it, man. Like, I was pretty like, whoa. And you see one of the girls go crazy. And, like, this whole cat and mouse thing that they do is pretty interesting. Yeah. And, it, and it, 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 the way it deals with it is pretty interesting and i like how it ended and like i don't know it's it's really stuck with me and i didn't think it was going to be on my top 10 until today like i switched it in because it, i couldn't stop thinking about it so there's got to be something to be said about that mm-hmm. so yeah i agree what about you what about for your number nine uh number nine for me was apostle Oh, okay. <laughs> Which, you know, Alex I'm glad already, that you kept your mouth shut about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Alex already like talked about it a little bit, but it's set in 1905 to drifter on a dangerous mission to rescue his kidnapped sister, tangles with a sinister religious cult on an isolated island. First and foremost, this film is fucking poetry. Like it is visually stunning and beautiful, which I loved. It is written and acted perfectly. And it's a period piece, and we already know that I'm a big old fucking sucker. Yeah, for which period I'm not. Piece it's, movies like it I might love be them. Why. I fucking love them. Like this explores the effect of power, effect and power of religious cults in particular. Um, and it's a bit of a slow burn film because it, I mean, it, it does run over two hours, which was one of the biggest complaints that I've gathered about this movie was that people feel it didn't need to be two hours long. This movie needed to be two hours long. Like there are some films where you need that time for it to unfold and unfurl and to kind of explain the backstories along with the current story and it it works for this movie so it i feel like the people that say that it's it's takes too long or it's too long just people that have no attention span anymore like i don't know like it works for me and while it is harder for me to be able to sit for over two hour movie as well like i didn't bother me with this one because it's just so stunning to watch and it's so well acted and it is fucking 
brutal. Okay. Yeah, there is some pretty brutal it shit in it. It is fucking brutal. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, it all pays off so much in the end because the gore is just fucking fantastic. And who doesn't love medieval torture devices? Because I sure as fuck do. Well, it's kind of like a folk tale. It is. Which is like, why, why I had to at least bring it up for a mention. Like, it's, I just, I Thought was, it was interesting. very pleasantly surprised with this movie because when I just watched the trailer, because it's a Netflix film. And I'm actually really surprised this didn't get a theatrical release because it is just so wonderfully done. And I feel like this could be a major motion picture easily. So I'm surprised that it wasn't. But then at the same time, they probably wouldn't have been able to get away with the kind of gore that they do. Maybe. Yeah. Like maybe to, to a point. Yeah, probably a limited release. A little release limited. Or something. Yeah. Like it wouldn't have been like, you know, I don't know. But like I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought that I would have. Okay. Um, Beautiful film. Give it a chance if you haven't already seen it. Alex talked about it a little bit earlier because it was in his mentions. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so. Like, if it's not in your top, it at least is one of these movies that you want to, like, recommend to other people to watch. Right. Because, could be, because it could, for me, it might be, like, not the best, but for them, it could be. It could be. Especially like, because know. I'm very particular about, like, olden time exactly. period pieces. Exactly. Like, period pieces are not your thing. Period pieces are my thing. Like, like I love that shit. Even though I like Lovecraft... Like, a lot of his stuff I can't really get into sometimes because, like, I love Lovecraft, mm -hmm. but I feel like his stuff can be adapted into more modern stuff because at the time it was very modern when it came out. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things I just can't relate. No, I get that. Yeah. I absolutely get that. Like, peri like period piece movies are, like, really hard for people. Like, it's they're either on the fence or they're not. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, like, one side or the other. I definitely did some research after it, and I didn't even do a review on it. Yeah, this is a fun movie, though, guys. Yeah, like, I did it for my own sake, so it definitely is a good movie. It is. So that's it's a good, good choice. It's interesting. The, there's just one, one fucking scene in particular that's just, like, ugh. Yeah. And it is so good. So, so fucked up. <laughs> so fucked up and so beautiful at the same time. Like, I'm just oh, like, I know which one good you're talking about. Lord. Yeah, yeah. And then how they end it. I'm just like, Ugh. well, for, anyway. for my number nine, I had to pick Summer of 84, uh, <gasps> which has number nine for you. Yes. Shocking. All right. Well, I mean, there's a reason and I'll explain. Uh, three directors on this, by the way, Francois, Simard, Enoch, Miss Wissell, and Carl Wissell. Uh, I assume probably French Canadians. It's a fr um, yeah, <laughs> but it's Canadian. I'm pretty sure this uh, this was a movie that that really did surprise me though, guys. I had to put it off for a long time, and I don't know why. I like it's just one of those movies that I was like, uh, yeah, and then I realized it was on Shutter. I was like, oh, why am I not watching this, idiot? Anyway, when I finally saw it. I was drawn in. Like, at first, I kept thinking, okay, this is by the Turbo Kids, or the Turbo Kid movie guys, right? Like, so this is going to be some tongue-in-cheek pastiche 80s fun, right? Well, it's got the, like, 80s thing down pretty good, but not much in the Turbo Kid way, you yeah. know, especially, because it's a little more serious. It's actually pretty suspenseful, and the cat and mouse play in this movie with the killer and the kids is pretty fucking amazing. Like, I actually really enjoyed that. It did feel a little contrived, 
I will say, like, and this is where it kind of divides me on where it placed, but I still wanted to include it. Uh, it also felt like it ripped off a little bit just because the Stranger Things had come out. I'm not saying that it ripped from it at all, but you know what I mean? When you compare those 80s kids to these kids, like the Stranger Things kids have a little bit more characterization than, than these ones did maybe, but I feel like these ones are a little bit more realistic. Yeah, well, also, it's a little easier to do with Stranger Things though because that's a series. Right, well, no, exactly. You get a lot more of their character. Um, I understand what you're, where you're coming from, though. Also, I, I do feel that it does borrow a little bit from other films who have done similar things to it before. Yeah, with, uh, you got like Suburbia. Disturbia. Disturbia. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's with the Shia one I was thinking. Shia LaBeouf. That's the remake. LaBeouf. That's the remake. It was, uh... Do it! <laughs> you can do it! <laughs> anyway, yeah. I don't like that movie, so. I actually like that like, one. I saw it in the theater. There's the original of that, and then they Shia LaBeouf like a remake. Because wasn't the original oh, no, no, no. Like this, the 70s? There's a there's a Disturbia maybe punk kid film, but it's not the same. It's a completely different story. I'm pretty sure I, I get confused with that all the time. Yeah. So, but I think you know because this film feels a little borrowed. You know, I enjoyed the characters, even though at times it felt a little you know zany or lighthearted. Uh, I was expecting this to be kind of like a Stranger Things fun little thing, you know, and then. You know, we have Le Matos, who did the soundtrack that they did in Turbo Kid, which was phenomenal. Um, really iconic stuff there. I thought it was uh, pretty good. It felt right in the film to me. Uh, the ending was fucking great. I was not expecting that. Nope. How dark that it got, which I actually adored much in the same way that I did with the mist ending. You know what I mean? Like, oh God, like it, it, it's tragic, and <laughs> that's, that's kind of that, how life is. Oh, you know man, what I mean? That fucking movie ruined my life, right? But that's what I'm year. saying. Like, I adored for that because it kind of like lets you know that, like, you know, because like when, you, when you're a kid, when I was when I was a kid, I looked at these movies and go, oh, everything's gonna end up wonderful. No, they're no. not. No, everything's not gonna end wonderfully. Nope. And I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but I, I really adored that. I think this movie would have gotten higher on my list, but because it did feel a little borrowed, it lands, you know, teetering on the nine. Um, if if it had been a little bit more original, maybe it might have gotten higher up on the list. But I think I, I think it's a really good movie. And if you want to rent it or borrow it or watch it, you can watch it on Shutter. So Shutter's been knocking them out of the park this year. Let me tell you. Fuck yeah, they have. Jesus. What about you for number eight? Uh, number eight for me was Cam. Okay. So this is about a Cam girl named Alice who wakes up one day to discover that she's been replaced on her show with an exact replica of herself. The thing that I love the most about this is that it gave me what I didn't expect. So it kind of takes you down this weird rabbit hole that leaves you going, what the fuck just happened at the end? Yeah. Right? And the ending to me was a little bit lackluster, but... What um, I really that and honestly that really was my only complaint about the movie. Like the I, I didn't really love the ending. Okay. Like I, I kind of felt like it was a little bit abrupt and it didn't really like I, it closed the story essentially. Like it was all right, but it wasn't what I wanted. I feel okay. like from it. But um, I really really thought that this was going to be another one of those typical like dangers of showing your tits to the internet for money movies. Right. Like, but it wasn't. Like they really took this strong idea. And ran with it. And they did something pretty fucking original, I thought, with it. While I still think that uh, that they got the idea from my friend Sky, who's a cam girl that does <laughs> super fucking grotesque yeah. shows. 
Rotten Morgue. Look her up. She's amazing. Um, I don't even know. She's been doing fucking. <laughs> I know she does it, but I don't know. She's but... been doing a lot of fucking like really raunchy, super grotesque, very bloody and violent shows. Like mm-hmm. for her cam audience for the last couple of years. I mean, she's been banned and taken off the website like multiple times because of the shit that she does. But like, <laughs> so I kind of feel like they may have borrowed for her from her a little bit. I think she might be Coda Morgue, actually. I think is her cam name on. I want to guess my free cams, she, she, but I could be wrong. Check she's her out. Pimp- she's, she's pimping it out yeah. I should because I felt like this was her like I yeah. felt like this stole from her like even though well, it's I like definitely this... thought of her when I watched it yeah, yeah even though it's this like you know meek but that's because she's our friend you know what I mean yeah like... but I mean even though like, the girl is this like meek like quiet-ish like normal girl and she does these like crazy fucking cam shows that I love that I like make her get all this money but like what I, I love the twist mm-hmm. in this movie, and I felt like it's one of these where you have to go back and watch it at least a second time to kind of like really get an understanding for what happens. I can see that in this, and because the first time I was like, "What?" Like I like I think I get it, but I'm not really sure. And then I went back a second time and went light bulb. I totally understand like what they were doing, and that's fucking smart. It's a really fucking cool idea. It's original as fuck. Like they did a great job with this film. And again, well, this is a Netflix movie, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's well, you know. It's distributed by Whatever. Netflix. Yeah. Good job because it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. Like I absolutely loved this movie and I didn't think I was going to because I totally thought that that's what I thought it was going to give me was what it would give me and it didn't. It may it went a or may not be completely different direction. It may or may not be on my list. We'll see. I it's, it, I know it's going to be. I already know. <laughs> I think we're gonna. He and I are think are gonna stumble over each other for the last like seven. Yeah, on. it's gonna be a little backtracking. It's gonna tracking, be a lot of yeah. like, yeah, like, and get prepared for that, guys, because Alex and I kind of have like a lot of the same like yeah. opinions and mindset in a lot of what? different movies. But... And I and I knew like when I was like saw a movie that I liked, I did tell her to check it out. So she probably has a little bit of an idea. So, but that's just me being excited about movies. But yeah, for my number eight, I picked Mom and Dad which was written and directed by Brian Taylor. When she was a little surprising, guys, because this is literally one of the first movies I saw in 2018 that blew my fucking mind. I had an absolute blast of a time watching it. But we had so many good movies. That's this why year. it got pushed to my mentions. It got pushed uh, for me a little bit. But, you know, I've enjoyed just about every film that Brian Taylor has done. A lot of people have their, their feelings about him. I don't know why. He did Crank 1, 2. He did Gamer. He even did the I show love all Happy. Those <laughs> you ever seen the show Happy? I started it with fucking yeah. Stabler. Yeah. I love Stabler. He, you know, <laughs> I have sex dreams about Stabler. Sorry, but there's that. <laughs> Good God. Anyway, <laughs> arguably, he him. did also do Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance, which is arguably isn't a great film. Uh, but I would say that it is the better of the two um, out of the two that they did. Plus, the big caveat for him, I will give him, is that he didn't write that film. So I think when he writes and directs, it's much better. So I think they need to hand them the keys that way. But anyway, when I first heard about this movie coming out, I was like, wait, what the fuck? I think everybody took like a big giant step back. Right. I was like, holy shit. I, well, I mean, first of all, I've already seen a movie called Cooties, which is about kids attacking their parents in a yeah. way uh, or teachers. Like that's uh, been done, you know, right? a like- little bit. It's a, it's, it's, it's a different spin on it. 
I, uh, I've also seen the indie Canadian film called The Signal, which I absolutely adore. It came out in 2007. There's a couple of movies called The Signal, by the way. So if you're looking to watch this film, and you should, because it's one of my favorite fucking independent films, um, directed by three different people, by the way. They do like a, kind of like a anthology, but it's all one movie and in the way that, that each of the stories intersect. Which is interesting that three, you know, like a couple of different people actually wrote this and they have their own versions of it, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Um, but I was like, what the fuck is up with this fucking mom and dad? Like, what a fucking name, right? Yeah. Parents attacking kids. Like, oh, wait, wait, what's that? Nicholas Cage is in the movie? I'm like, you know what? I've kind of fucking written that piece of shit off. I was wrong. I'd written him off for a long time, but this movie helped kind of open my arms back up to Cage, get that Cage love. I was, I thought, this is a really dark comedy that sort of goes all over the place, and boy, does it. Like, it really does kind of, like, upon the second viewing of it, or third viewing of this movie, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is all over the fucking place. But... Holy fuck, this story was amped up and dark with some seriously laugh-out-loud parts that were ridiculous and, like, supremely dark Which humor. Which makes a lot of sense to me now, like, how this film was planned out when you say that it's from the director that did Crank. Right. Because right. it like, feels it makes sense. like Crank. Yeah, like, it's got the same cadence and pace. <laughs> it totally does. And I, I liked that. Like, I like the fact that it did because I feel like that's how it, it should be. Yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, you got to see, like you said, you see Cage be Cage, and to be honest, him and Selma Blair were pretty fucking great together as they plotted to kill their own fucking kids. I which wanted is, more of him, Dude, though. I've never seen that in a movie where they're, like, laughing about killing their kids, and it's I was great. like, this is kind of cool. I you know, like my mom. Plus, there's a scene in it the with a baby time. where they play- That was the hardest scene. It must have been love! Yeah, that scene was rough. And like, holy shit, dude, that blew me away when I saw it. I was laughing at- I was laughing at it, actually, because I'm a sick fuck. I was just like, okay, so I watched this movie when it came out, and then I watched this, like, or around the time it came out, and then I, I just rewatched it again recently with my mom. So my mom's in town and uh, I'm watching it and she's trying to like play her game or whatever. But then she keep I keep looking at her and she's watching the TV and I'm just like, <laughs> and she's like, so these like, they want to kill their children. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, my mom hates me right now. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there silently judging me. Like she's watched a lot of these movies with me like over the last two weeks because she's been in town helping take care of me because I can't do shit for myself. Right. Which is really sad. But his robot legs. It's a risky procedure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, personally, I really like the idea of taking taking what I consider a fleeting thought, you know, about your kids. Like, I don't have kids, but I I can imagine. I'd probably kill them. Yeah. If I had (laughs) kids, I definitely would have that thought, like, you motherfucker, I'll fucking kill you. Exactly. You know, but just turning that thought into an entire movie. A batshit story, nonetheless, about uncontrollably wanting to kill your children in the same way that you would uncontrollably want to protect them is pretty fucking genius in some ways. You know, it may be a jumbled mess and it may not have gone further than I I, like. I wanted to see a lot more of it. Yeah, it could have very easily toppled over, though, if it would have gone more. So, you know, I think it, it was a good balance. I think for the most part, it's a probably a little too risky to go wider. I don't think we'll ever see a sequel, but if you like a bit of dark comedy, they left it like you can. You know, gore and like 
what the fuck? I think you should watch it. And we both named it on our list in some way or mentioned. So they literally took the threat of I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. It and made, made a movie. It a movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's so great. Like, and like, I loved it. And I, I feel like why it made it to my mentions and not my top ten is because it came out so early in the year. And this yeah. was just a great year of movies. A lot of, a lot of people do that too. Sometimes they'll release a movie at the end of the year just to get that Smart. stinger. You know, like Smart. there's a lot of great films that came out towards the end of this year, and I feel like that kind of pushed it. To back make it, yeah. to make me be like oh shit yeah. like we can move some of those movies that I really liked this year to my, to the end second time I watched it I watched it by myself me and Christina watched it the first time and I was just fucking laughing like a, a fucking sick puppy oh yeah and the second time I watched it it was kind of like you know under different circumstances I enjoyed it more the first time yeah I did too I think it's. I still will turn to it to watch it because it's like what? Like it's this, still a fun movie. Just like, seriously it's watching up, but it's Selma fun. Blair and fucking Nicolas Cage laugh about killing their kids and how they're going to do it and like patting each other on the back for idea, how they're doing it. Yeah, like what the fuck? Like I was like, damn. It's good. But what about what about your number seven? My number seven is Summer of '84. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear this, Brittany. Uh, we've already kind of talked about what this is about, right? Like, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We no, we it. didn't really say another. What it was oh, about. I can. So it's a teenager, like Davy Armstrong. He's a big conspiracy theorist. Like he loves those like shit rag magazines that talk about aliens and like whatever the fuck else. Like this whole wall in his room is papered with cutouts from this magazine, right? And I, I loved that. I thought it was super cute. Um, but he begins to suspect that one of his uh, neighbors, who's a cop, is. A serial killer, because all of these like teenage boys have been going missing over the last couple of months, like in the surround in their town and surrounding towns where they live. Okay. So he and his friends launch this investigation, right? That obviously eventually turns a little bit dangerous. So yeah, you know, I get it. It's another nostalgic '80s story, like which is why a lot of people gave it shit. Is exactly why a lot of people gave it shit because they compared it to Stranger Things or, or trying it. To, to milk off the '80s thing. Yeah, they compared it to Stranger Things and It were the top two that I gathered from people's negative reviews of this movie. And I'm just like, why? Are you, I hate them when people have to compare things to other things and they can't just fucking enjoy it for what it is. Like live in the moment. You know what I mean? Like I understand the comparisons, but at the same time, it I'm definitely like, borrows. So I mean, does. I understand. It absolutely does. But this is not a fucking original idea by a long fucking but it's stretch done of well. a mile. But it's done fucking well, exactly. And that ending. That ending. So like, what I really appreciated about this film was, you know, the seventies and the eighties were really where serial killers were branded. It became glorified, especially in the seventies. That's kind of true. Yeah. The seventies were what, and if you haven't started watching yet, the Ted Bundy tapes. That they just released yesterday on the 30th anniversary of his um, execution on Netflix. Watch it. Well, it's incredibly appealing to delve into the mind of a madman. And especially back in the day when we didn't have like Jerry Springer and shit like that, you know know what I mean? But this was like the the 70s were really where the term serial killer was defined. And and then in the 80s is when like the late 70s and 80s is when shit really fucking hit the fan. And this is when people started to realize that even your fucking neighbor can be a serial killer. Right. So that's what I really liked and appreciated about this movie is they took like actual facts from the de- the time period that they were in and ran with it. Okay. And they took a, they focus on the fact that like anyone, even your fucking cop neighbor can be a psychotic child murderer. It's the perfect cover. It is the perfect cover. Yeah. And they say that throughout yeah, the movie yeah, multiple yeah. times, and I, and I love it. <laughs> Which is pretty typical, but it still. It is. I mean, 
I honestly like I wouldn't necessarily call this a horror movie. Like I feel like it's more of like a suspense thriller. It's a slasher sort of. It is slasher esque. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it, it builds is there towards the end. But it's like, definitely horror because it's dark. It is a fucking blast of a movie though. Like I liked it. Yeah. Those kids are entertaining as hell, and it's super fun to solve the mystery along with them because they do a great job of like, oh shit, maybe it's not this fucking cop. Right. I it's thought it, a, it's I a thought lot of back was, and forth. I well, thought it was his sexy neighbor for a second. Like, for a fucking split second, I thought it was his sexy neighbor <laughs> that was coming on to him. And I'm like, this bitch is a fucking killer. Like, my my brain goes to the babysitter for a second, you know? And I'm like, oh, my God. And how crazy. This is their second movie. When I watched it, I was like, this is not the Turbo Kid people. Like, I didn't think that <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. I I I honestly like I really like this movie. It was I watched it with my mom again. Another one that I watched with my mom. Yeah. My mom liked it. Yeah. Like the end fucked me up though. Like don't get me wrong. I love like, that, dude. I fucking love that. No, it tragic. fucked me up in all the best ways possible. Yeah. Let's not like, spoil it too much. But I was but... like, why? <laughs> why? Like I don't know. It was it was good. The like you know, hold on, hold on to the last like twenty ish minutes of the movie, man. <laughs> hold the fuck on because shit hits the fan and it's really good. Yeah, I definitely it's agree. really good. It's definitely belongs I in was the top ten. Very, and... very, very fucking happy with this movie. Okay, good. To, I'm glad that you and watched I'm, it. I'm not at all burnt out on '80s nostalgia. Like I love this shit. Give me more of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, for number... not my time period, but. <laughs> Now for our number seven, which for... Your number seven. Is it my number Mine seven? Was, that was my number seven. Oh, okay. So I got a little lost there. <laughs> uh, so my number seven is The Endless, which is directed oh. by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, who also... Justin Benson also wrote this movie. I forgot As well as directed year. it, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, well... And you probably guys, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you probably know that I've been always been a fan of the indie film Resolution, which yes. they did. And it's a it's a really personally, I think it's in a huge achievement in film for indie because uh, it shows just how good a movie can be with a really good story in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And you know, the endless arguably could be horror or sci-fi or both is one that I really enjoyed this year. It's it's a thinker. And, you know, without spoiling anything, and I think it's something that you need to watch after watching Resolution. So if you've never seen Resolution, please watch this after it. Yes. Do not watch it before it because you will have an indefinitely better experience. Um, this, uh, I think these guys have a, a lot of really, really high concept film ideas with a lot of suspense, mystery, and dark humor. And they really take your mind on a wild ride during and after the film. So it's something that you'll, you know, digest for a long period of time, you know, after a really good meal or really good movie <laughs> in some way. Uh, but, you know, it, I've enjoyed everything that they've actually done. And to be honest, these guys, these are the guys that you should be rooting for in the industry because they push the genre in new directions that most filmmakers, I don't think, get a chance to do. Right. And somehow they are able to pull it off. And if you've ever watched any of the making ofs of any of their films, you see their trials and tribulations of how they got the money to fund it. I think their parents put up their fucking house on a second mortgage just so they could make their second film. And like, to me, that is like some of the best passion that you can have. Whether you disagree with some of the acting, whether you disagree with some of the story, these are the... Th- fucking guys you need to root for 
And now that I finally got up off my knees and stopped <laughs> sucking Aaron and Justin's dick, uh, I wonder if they'll finally come on the show to talk about their next film called Synchronic. What do you say, guys? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I want you on here. Some of you follow me, uh, but you can even bring your dog, you know, for like a backing track on the episode or something like that for special features. <laughs> because in the Resolution movie, they did a backing. They did like... Everybody like that was in the film did a backing track, and then they did one with one of the directors and their dog, and they just made him. Well, it's I don't know if it was really their dog, but they they had him bark at everything they, they during the movie, and they literally synced it to make them bark at specific scenes. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I, that's and I listened to it. They were like, even when I wrote them on Twitter, they were like, I can't even believe you listened to that. The whole thing. And I was like, that's how much of a fucking fan I am, you motherfuckers. That's how much I'm gonna suck your dick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, oh, it is true. I love but seriously, guys, like if you get a chance, you should check out this movie, but only after you watch Resolution. I highly recommend you buying it. I think it's even on Prime or Shutter or something. It, yeah, it is. Um I actually I'm kind of sad that I completely forgot. No, dude, it's fine. I mean, it is kind of borderline horror, so it's understandable that it wouldn't be on everybody's list, but I had to mention it because I was really happy about it because I'm such a fan of Resolution. This was the perfect, like, pairing for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, So it was good. What about your number six, Brittany? My number six is Revenge. Really? Yep. So you had it on there. I thought you said you weren't going to have it on there. I didn't say that. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I thought you did. Nope. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Not at all. Uh, this is about a lovely girl with a peach of an ass named Jen, <laughs> who is enjoying a romantic getaway with her wealthy boyfriend, which is suddenly disrupted when his two sleazy friends arrive early for an unannounced hunting trip, and things go incredibly awry. Yes. Um, yes, yes, do have. Yes, they do. They do indeed go incredibly awry. <laughs> How awry do they go, Alex? Very uh, awry. Yeah, very. Um, all I, like, First and foremost, girl fucking power. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. Girl fucking power in this movie, because this if I survived this shit, this is exactly what I would do. <laughs> like, I'm coming after all of you, and you're all going to fucking die, unless right. you kill me first. But anyway, but what a fucking bloody good time this movie is, literally. Yeah. So while there are so very many highly unlikely things that occur in this movie, like, most of the movie (laughs) is incredibly highly unlikely. Um, I was able to set it aside to just like sit back and enjoy the ride, which rarely is something that I can do where I can set the fact of like what I know the limits of the human body are being in the medical field. I'm just like, no, (laughs) fuck no, (laughs) absolutely not. Like can't happen, won't happen. But I was able to actually just be like, never mind. Like I'm not going to care about that because it's going to ruin this movie for me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's so brilliant about this is how it's shot. Okay, yeah, it's violent as fuck, but in like the best ways possible. Okay, like it is just a fucking fun ride. It's totally your typical rape and revenge story, which obviously, as we've talked about many a times in the podcast, is something that I do not typically care for. Sure. Um, but one of the things that they actually handled with this very tastefully is the rape scene. Right. It's handled well. Mm-hmm. They don't show anything. And I did not expect that. I agree. Because I thought that they would have absolutely shown it with the- And it had just movie, as like, much impact. This is definitely like- I, like the next installment of I Spit on Your Grave is like what it really reminds me of. Right. 
really yeah. like if you think about it if you've seen that movie it's like, a rave revenge movie so there's not very there's, there's not a, that many but, but there's a hand there's a decent handful of them and this is basically like all of them like you can't really get very different or original with a rape revenge story you really can't okay but there's ways to make it memorable in in the right ways you know what i mean and like okay. this is one of those what stands out for me and i really enjoyed i spit on your grave like i i feel like i, I even like the remake i loved the remake i thought it was good too the original is fantastic the remake was great and i didn't want to i didn't think i was right. going to and, and let I me defend it. myself because i'm a male and yeah. some people may judge me based on the movie being a filth which it is it is filth but but absolutely here's the way i feel about horror and we've mentioned this probably in and out on many different episodes but horror is meant to be fucking scary brutal and fucked up yes, yes. there are ways that you can do it more tastefully granted we we've, right. we've argued that many times but those movies are meant to be like when I see a guy's dick getting cut off. Yeah. Like that affects me just as much as it would a girl being fucking getting her tits cut off. Right. Or exactly. Or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah. So I don't look at it and go, Oh my God, how dare they treat, you know, and granted I'm a privileged male, I guess if you really wanted to get into it. But I just think that, you know, horror is meant to put you in a situation that you wouldn't want to be in. Exactly. So, so trying to cater it to people to make them feel fluffy is kind of ridiculous because, but yes, with rape, yeah, there's a way that you can, this movie is a good example it's of that. It's a great example. Like yeah. they did how, they handled this the way they should have handled it. I agree. And I was so fucking thankful about how they did it because I didn't think that they were going to go about it that way. Right. And they did. And I was like, fuck Yes, like, and honestly, like, that's what made me appreciate this movie. Yeah. Because if they would have shown this full-blown fucking rape scene with this nasty-ass motherfucker and this, like, this poor fucking girl, like, I would have been pissed. But they didn't. And ladies, I will say, this is definitely one of those movies that you're going to get behind because it's, it is straight-up girl power and it's awesome. And the, <laughs> the end, the end, like, is just so good and it's so emasculating yeah. to the guy because he's fucking naked and I yeah. love it. And he has a great ass, so that's also awesome. And you see his dick a lot. So I was like, fuck yeah, <laughs> there's wiener in this movie. You know, I'm offended. Good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, good. Like, they show fucking, uh, like, full-blown naked tit, you naked wanna... chicks all the time. And we never get to see full-blown naked dudes. It's one of my biggest complaints Do you want to know what's going to blow your mind right now? Is that your number six? S is... Revenge. It's your number six, too? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my can number... spend extra time on it. <laughs> right. So my number six is called Revenge, which is, Whoa. you know, like... I love that there... I had a feeling, like, I kind of had a feeling, like, I'm right. not going to lie. I was like, I think our... I knew we were going to stumble it, on each it other. It was definitely in there. Writer, director, Corley Fargate... Fargate? Fargate? It's French. I, it's hard to say for me, and I apologize if I butchered it, but you're amazing. Yes. Um, first of all, this movie holds no fucking punches like we've kind of discussed. It's a rape-revenge film, which we've also discussed, that takes you there in the best possible way a rape-revenge movie could ever go. And, you know, every step of the way, this girl is punished, taking you on a moral, horrific adventure in my opinion seriously i was so impressed with this film it's got a huge set of lady balls and i mean that as endearingly as i possibly can yeah you know watching matilda ann ingrid lutz transform on the screen is pure fucking magic the way that she was She's written so is good. a little bit unbelievable but it 
makes for great fucking movie magic in my opinion so uh i think corley did a great job uh it's it's uh you see this girl get her fucking dually just desserts every fucking bloody drop of it and boy is it fucking graphic like really graphic which is so entertaining like to see a movie have substance and be graphic as fuck like this is always a treat and the music also by rob in this movie i really love actually yeah, the music's great i have he's the guy that did the maniac the the remake of maniac <laughs> uh soundtrack as well sense. and i have him on my playlist like crazy on spotify if you guys ever want to find a really good spotify playlist look for dark synth synth wave electronic and more you'll see a cr- skull and crossbones with a pentagram that's mine tons of really good fucking music in there including rob uh plus this movie like you said is well shot it's super stylish as all get out and really super great choreographed scenes with all the action stuff yeah like i was really impressed you feel so good as she literally takes out all of her fucking anger on each one of these pieces of shit. <laughs> it's it's pretty great. Like if you've been waiting to watch this, you really need to check it out on Shutter right now because Absolutely. I fucking do it. It is definitely one of those movies that will stick out in my opinion. Plus it's it's like it's almost like Mandy in some ways. In some ways. It like 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 it has that style a little bit of it. Not the Panos Cosmatos. It's not thing. as stylized like nearly, but it is it is very thought out. Yeah. And there are I love those cutaways to uh, like, re- like silly things, like a rotting apple on a counter. Yeah, there's a lot of you like know? even when she gets out of the helicopter in the very beginning, she's sucking on a lollipop yes. to insinuate some sort of like I deserve to get raped. It's like this. Like weird they did kind it intentionally. Of, yeah. I have a feeling. Oh, I'm sure. Like to to to, to, to shed her in this light. Like well, they, to also make you put you in that position, whether you're fe- male or female, of like the sex, mm-hmm. like and, and not necessarily justifying rape. That's not what I'm. Of course, I'm not saying that. No, but they paint her in that light, like the entire right. time, which is probably one of the only things that I was kind of annoyed about is because they paint her that way. But then. It's intentional. It pays off for the story. Like yeah. and it's it's pivotal to the story. I think so too. I understand. I like that scene because I thought it was like like they they were like, yeah, they were all like ragging about how hot she was and stuff like that. And then she's just having like I don't want to spoil it. We'll we'll, we'll skip <laughs> it's over so that. It's so funny because I was like telling Mouse, I was like, I mean, like, she's hot, but didn't do anything for me, which kind of makes sense. But you sad, know what I mean. But I did no. like her butt. It was a good butt. I love I love Good butt. She does have a peach of an ass. Like I was, I was a little sad because like it looks real good in that first scene, and then like. eh. Speaking of butts, by the way. Shorts on. Speaking of butts, by the way, because I need a segue. uh, (laughs) What's your number five? My number five, the night eats the world. Oh, okay. That was a newer one you watched. Yeah, um, and I, I, I really, really loved it. Okay. Um, it's. Long story short, the morning after a party, a young man wakes up in Paris to find out it's been invaded by zombies. <laughs> like, there you go. It's another fucking zombie movie. Like, cool, right? But this day and age, you know, it's pretty impossible to make a zombie movie that doesn't feel so been there, done that. Um, or tired or boring or just like, what else can we fucking do to make it any fucking way interesting? You know, like, I, I feel like zombies have been so overplayed yeah. for a long time. Um, and I, I didn't anticipate to really enjoy and love this film the way that I did, but the writers and the director of it somehow managed to give the viewer something new, especially okay. in a overly saturated zombie world. Very. Um, 
while this is more of a look into the deterioration of the human mind due to solitude, I do feel that we're still greeted with your classic zombie views. However, the best thing about this movie is that the zombies are dead fucking silent. Hmm. And I fucking loved it. It was brilliant. To me, this is a brilliant fucking take on zombies. Like, I never would have thought to go to, like, to make a fucking zombie movie and be like, I want them to be quiet. Yeah. I want them to make zero fucking sound unless you're close as fuck to them and you can hear their teeth clacking against each other and that is it. Okay. That is it. They don't groan. They don't moan. They don't do anything. And that takes them to this whole new level of terrifying. Okay. And I was obsessed with it. Like, it was, it, it's a fantastically shot film that really dives deep into it's. It's not so much of, yes, it's a horror movie. It has its horror elements. There are people getting eaten by zombies. Like, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of violence. Like, whatever. Like, right? But what it really is, is this look into how you would actually deal with being the last person on Earth. And how solitude completely deteriorates and destroys your mind yeah and i love it because he's a brilliant musician and i love those scenes too oh, the drummer where he's part, making yeah. music with all these inanimate objects around him and he's finding ways to make make music and it's intoxicating yeah it's definitely a, a like a physical embodiment of like trying to keep sane yeah uh which i like but i will say i don't know if you mind me interjecting no. here Part of the reason it didn't make my top 20 per se or whatever is because I saw a movie that came out in 2010 called Rambach Berlin Undead, which is very similar to... Oh, really? Yes. I haven't even heard of that. And because of that, it changed my opinion. Um, It's not that I didn't like it. And I did see this on a few people's topper, you know, higher lists or whatever, you know, a few people. Um I still think it's a great film. There's some things that it does better than Ram Bach Berlin Undead, a hundred percent. But it just because that the idea had been done before, I and get that. some of the scenes almost seemed almost verbatim. It kind of bothered me a little bit, so it took me out of the movie a little bit. So, but that's that's my only thing. I get that. I like I like the whole elevator zombie thing and all that. So I thought that was really cool. Like it was interesting. And you know, like if I would have seen that. I feel like I probably would have agreed with you, yeah. Um, because if it is like so, like ver- like verbatim ish, I wouldn't yeah, say it's verbatim, but it just it is enough that it made it was distracting. I get that. So you know, just a British film versus a fucking you know what I mean, like a fucking uh, German film, I guess. So, yeah, makes sense. Uh, what about so this was your number five, right? Yes. Okay. My number five is Cam. Okay. So I made it higher up on the list with this one. Uh, like she mentioned, it's a Netflix film. It's directed by Daniel Goldharber. Haber? Goldhaber? <laughs> G-O-L-D-H-A-B-E-R. I apologize if I've mispronounced it. It's also written by Issa Mizai or Mizay. Uh I was super impressed with this film, like you were. It has a really fucking strong message about women and sex working. Uh, tied into a really great horror sci-fi story akin to something of Black Mirror-esque style in a lot of ways about the internal, you know, external struggles of a woman in the sex industry. I love the story. And this one comes out fucking swinging, in my opinion, as far as the story goes. I was like, God damn, dude, like this is really entertaining. And I went into this like, meh. You know, I've known and you know and we both know 
quite a few people that work in the sex yeah, industry. Yeah, I used to. And it, it's not an easy work on or offline, by the way. It's fucking hard. I hate, like, <coughs> I kind of loved it because it was the easiest money I ever made in my life. But Issa Mazay, or Mazai, she actually is a sex worker and she wrote this script, by awesome. the way. So she has a, an inside perspective that may be a little different than other sex workers in the industry, but I thought it was really, really authentic and it felt very right. Yeah. And it, and you know, came out strong. I think Daniel Goldharbor did a, a fantastic job of conveying her message with the style and suspense. I seriously, like I said, I, I went into this movie kind of thinking, you know, eh, you know, it's going to be some annoying girl, yep. you know, so whatever, I. you know, like I didn't, I really just kind of cut it down before I even watched it. And I came out the other end empathizing with the work and I compared it in some ways to my own personal aspirations with trying to meet goals uh being in podcasting music uh fucking anything that i've ever wanted to do and i empathize with the whole fucking thing and you know it's it's about the struggles that of of you know with the work that you do as to any job really in my opinion with art a job you want to create and the struggles of dealing with your own personal discovery of yourself and the failures that you have and the inner voice that you have with yourself because of all those nasty motherfuckers that say shit and do shit to make you feel like you shouldn't be doing what you should do. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how many times I could tell you that I would like log in and I would get the same like comment of what did you fall face first into a tackle box? Right. All and, over and over again, or dudes that would just like make fun of my weight or make fun of anything. It doesn't matter what like, it is. It yeah. Was, if it's, it's like, if it's too sexual, it's too sexual. If it's if you're too overweight, you're too overweight. Yeah, it was the easiest fucking money I've ever made in my life because I was like the worst cat model ever. Like I was like, I'm not getting naked. I didn't even know you did it. Yeah, I did it and when I lived with Emily. That's what we were doing. We worked out of a house. Uh, um, oh, I didn't know that. Was oh, right, wait, right I vaguely remember Behind that. the apartments that we lived in. I, I went to that house when you left, actually. Remember like, you had a goodbye party? Yeah, like we went to like, we we worked at this house that was like right behind the apartments that we lived in. Mm -hmm. And that's where we would record and, and do whatever. And it was fun. Like I literally was the worst cam model ever. Like at the very most, I would show my boobs. Like, uh -huh. but I still made a fucking bank because dudes are lonely. Right. Like they just, I used to get paid fucking five dollars a minute for dudes to just t sit there and talk to me about horror movies or video games right and that was it sometimes i was topless sometimes i wasn't like or most of the time i wasn't i should say but they just wanted somebody to talk to and that's just the way that it is like but yeah it, every fucking day i would get a fucking asshole so like for me like have been like because i worked in that world like it was a lot different you know many many moons ago when right. i did this and a lot different than it is now don't feed the trolls in other words but yeah don't <laughs> don't don't fucking entertain them but Just well, ignore this, it well in this movie deals with the trolls dancing like coming to you in a lot of ways which is pretty interesting but even though you know i may not have worked in the industry that you have and the people who made this movie have i related to its story and in, in some some way that really really struck a spark with me and just the trouble of like just dealing with any kind of thing that you want to do and all the people that shit on you, you know, on the way there. So it made a really big impact on me. And for me, like, I know that some people who watch this movie were like, stop trying to shove down your feminism down my throat. And I'm like, dude, 
can't you just watch a movie and just like have a perspective from somebody else? Everything doesn't have to be catered to your fucking shit. Like just enjoy other people's perspectives because that's life. Everybody isn't going to act like you. Not everybody's going to make the same choices as you. Not everybody's going to do everything the same as you. So just enjoy the ride. That's mm-hmm. why I took it as and that's why it didn't bother me. I enjoyed it and I feel like the movie really takes you there. It does a really good job of keeping you interested. I was on the edge of my seat while watching it. It's great. And, and it also has a lot of style. Seeing, and I, without spoiling it, seeing the way that they attribute the, the, the internal struggle with yourself, the argument that you have that fucking shits all over your fucking dreams when you're fucking trying to do something is beautiful to me. So yeah. I love that for it. Yep. I agree. So, it's a you great know, movie. Yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. So, and I know I may have gone a little overboard on that, but honestly, it really did strike a nerve with me in the things that I've tried to achieve. And so that's why I'm a little more passionate about it. So, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fucking fantastic film. So what about your number four? (laughs) I have a feeling that you and I might have the same number four. No. Are you sure? Guaranteed, because you told me you didn't watch this one. Oh, I did. Okay, cool. All right. So my number four. Okay. Is terrified oh okay so you did like this okay fuck yeah i liked it (laughs) yeah uh paranormal researchers investigate strange events in a neighborhood in buenos aires right so it is a argentinian film and dude i love this fucking movie like it was hard for me to put it at four like i i would say mainly just because it embodies so much of what i love about what a fucking horror movie is okay yeah yeah and what a horror movie is supposed to be you know like this is delightfully creepy from beginning to end it's unnervingly creepy, right? Mm. Unnervingly. And it is difficult for me to see a film that actually gives me the heebie-jeebies now, you know, but Terrified absolutely succeeded. Yeah. It takes this giant step back into what into true scary movies, and it has jump scares that actually don't piss me off because <laughs> as we've all as we all know, Jump scares typically fucking irritate the shit if out of me. If any at all, to be honest. Um, but they were the ones that were included in this movie were extremely justified. A film like this brings you back to understanding your love affair with what really makes a true scary movie. Okay. And I feel like the writers and director completely had their fingers on the pulse of what frightens people and they brought it to life in like the most perfect way possible. Okay. In fucking incredible. Like I absolutely loved this movie and I <sighs> When you look at the fucking cover of, like, what would be the DVD cover or whatever, like, how they're supposed to sell this movie. It is kind of... It's pathetic. Yeah. It looks so fucking stupid, and that's why I've looked past it so many fucking times. (laughs) And I just look at it, and I go, that's dumb. Yeah. Like, that's not scary. Like, it just... It doesn't look appealing. It looks like they're trying to do some weird, like, alien thing, which... You know, yeah, eh. but it it's not a it's just not appealing. That's the biggest thing to me. Is it looks it looks like it's gonna be this. I like, thought it looked artistic. It's but artistic, it, but it looks like this like C movie like fucking like. I think it's like the bait. Like it's the bait to try to sort of make you wonder what the hell it is for people like me. Which it did at yeah. first. At first, I was like, well, well. At first, I scrolled past it like three times, and then eventually, right. I went back and I was like, all right, what's this about? Right. So then I watched the trailer, and then I still wasn't sold. And I was like, I don't know. But then I had people like Nicole and people like you that watched it. And they were like, you should watch this. Yeah. Like, you should watch this movie. And I'm like, no, it looks fucking stupid. Like, it, it doesn't look good to me. Like, it's, I don't know. But because they held back in the fucking trailer. Mm-hmm. 
they don't show everything. They, they barely show anything, actually, at all in the trailer to entice you. And I feel like that could be a little bit of a downfall for them because they're not going to bring in as many people to watch it as they should because this movie was absolutely fantastic they did a great job with it and it fucking freaked me out well i may or may not have thoughts on this very few movies actually freak me out and this one i spent half mostly all of it being very uncomfortable (laughs) sitting there going "Uh, like what like something's gonna jump out at me but then i don't know if it is but i know it's gonna be weird looking because everything else is weird looking like well, like, oh, that was my face. Like the entire time was like, oh. Well, for my number four, I chose the house that Jack built. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. I, so I, 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 I knew you were gonna pick this movie, and I am super fucking sad and irritated that I didn't get to see it. Oh man, I let me tell you, this is a movie that was directed by Lars von Trier, and I believe. Hold on, let me check. This is another one that's getting really bad reviews too, though. It's two and a half hours. When I looked at that, I was like, God damn, two and a half fucking hours. But it's supposed to be, is it supposed to be split up into like this is sections? A, this was a movie that was also written by Lars von Trier and Jean Le Hollund uh, is a story by Jean Le Hollund and, and Lars von Trier. Um, it is, um, I mean, if you've ever seen a Lars von Trier film, probably one of the bigger ones that most people like talk about is like Dancer in the Dark with fucking Bjork. That's one of the ones that they always talk about. And then there's um, one of the other ones that I thought is Antichrist. Antichrist is oh, one of the- I love that movie so much. Like fucking out there fucking shit experiences, like crazy experience. Not one that you want to watch every year, but one of my you will movies. never forget nonetheless. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. I thought Antichrist was deep and disturbing. It, it elaborately unfolded scenes like male genitalia mutilation without a single fuck given. Honestly, <laughs> probably movie. one of the most unforgettable scenes in the entire movie. Uh, or, you know, he does like to make movies about he doesn't shy away from sex at all, um, which, to be honest, I still haven't watched Nymphomania one and two at all yet, because it's just not my cup of tea, particularly. I, get that. I have nothing against anybody that are into sex or anything like that, but um it's not like I need to watch a movie about it necessarily. Jerking off to it's one thing, in other words, but you know, it's Porn's just, one thing. Yeah. This is not. It's not. I mean, <laughs> it'd be interesting to watch, and I probably should watch it, but with this one, with the house that Jack built, it was shocking and it didn't hold too many punches back, although I don't think it's mo- some of his most like extreme work that he's done, but it's always, you know, bound to divide his viewers like his films usually are. They make you question if you should be watching this kind of film or just outright fucking hate him and boycott him, which I'm sure some people are. Um, but, you know, hate him or love him. You know, I feel like he pushes his genre a lot, even if he's not even exactly a horror fan, so to speak. I think he takes you and the viewer to some pretty dark places. And to me, that is horrific. Yeah. Um, this movie is no exception in that regard. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fucking pretty out there. Matt Dillon, by the yeah, way. I was going to say this is Matt Dillon, right? His performance in this is pretty much outstanding and, and brutally scary, like unyielding scary. Uh, it's exhilarating to watch him actually show people that he has the chops that he actually does, because I don't think many people really felt that way until they saw this film. I mean, granted, he couldn't do any role that was ever given to him, but the role that he did for this, fantastic. Um, I, uh, you know, it's, it's basically watching a serial killer through his eyes, pretty much. 
the movie. It's also very precise with how he does things, and it gets into the mindset of a serial killer, a.k.a. psychopath, sociopath, whatever you want to call it. Not all sociopaths are psychopaths, by the way. Um, but, you know, and it also parallels a lot of our current climate in the political spectrum, which I don't know if you knew this, but a lot of people didn't know this. And before I even knew about it, I had a really good ride. But apparently it parallels Trump in a lot of ways. And I did an entire explaining of the movie that you might want to check out on YouTube if you guys are interested in this movie. And I've already seen it. I wouldn't watch it until you have. Uh, or I wouldn't watch my until breakdown you've until you've seen the movie, I should say. But like I said, long before I, I confirmed his particular distaste for Trump, I was into the ride that I was given. Uh, I even found it hilarious to my surprise at some points, which is kind of fucked up to think about when you when you think about the context of this film but it was actually kind of funny and which is weird but time literally flew by on this movie for me and christina and we both were thinking about this movie long after the credits rolled so it, it's definitely not going to be for everyone guys but for me personally i was like wow this is fucking uh i wouldn't say it's the most ballsy film that he's ever done but i think it is above most what most directors would push and take it for what it is leave it for what it is you will love or hate this movie but it you will never forget it yeah. so i'm looking forward to seeing it so what about your number three Brittany? uh my number three is hereditary oh really okay yeah um i don't i mean i feel like everybody should know what this is about <laughs> but, but in case you don't uh when the matriarch of the grand family dies her daughter and grandchildren begin to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry, trying to basically outrun the sinister fate that they've somehow inherited from their crazy-ass grandma. Right. Right? There's not a whole lot left to be said about this, I feel like, after our review. Okay. When we went to see this movie, I, I thought it would be in my number one for 2018. Okay. But again, there's been a lot of really fucking great films that have come out this year after this one. Sure. However, it is still one of like one of the freshest takes on horror in the last decade. Yeah. At the very least, in my opinion, and it holds one of the biggest plot twists to me of all time, which occurs stunningly. It's done so well and it's so fucking punches you right in the it, fucking face. And you know what's funny? I've actually had people tell me the that they saw the entire movie coming. Bullshit. That's what I said. Bullshit. Uh, and, I'm sorry. And, and I hope Bullshit. I hope you understand. I'm not gonna name names, but I love you anyway. I I'm, just I just I'm just blown away. I'm calling bullshit. That anybody saw that movie coming. As somebody who was really good about seeing that shit come from Dude, a mile and mile or two away, like I am. Every bit really of good. fucking release that they had on the movie was carefully selected in in order to not spoil anything about the movie. It punched me in the fucking face. You right. Guys. Like this was the biggest punch in the fucking face I've ever received from a fucking movie <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Like I was I'm like, sorry to laugh, but if I had a dick, it would have punched me in the dick. Like yeah. it was just like, fuck you. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I literally grabbed, <laughs> I grabbed mouse and was like, what the fuck? Like, holy shit. You know, like it was, and it, I still like, I can remember it. Like it was yesterday. Yeah. Like it had this fucking impact oh. on me where I was like, what the fuck? Uh, you keep like, saying words that are making me laugh a little bit inside. <laughs> but it was, it was great. I just, um, I just don't want to spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it... You're stupid. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's on maybe. fucking Prime. Like, watch it. 
do yourself a fucking favor. I mean, I watched it again, and it still hits me just as fucking hard. Okay. And even though I know it's coming now, and I'm still like, ugh. <laughs> um, ugh. Anyway, it hits you hard, and it fucking hits you fast, and it rarely releases the pressure. Totally a sex reference. You're welcome. Kind of a dick joke. Eh. <laughs> uh, it truly is one of those films that you just can't take your eyes off of, but okay. you also really want to. Yeah. (laughs) You really, really want to fucking look away, but you can't because it's so captivating. And it is done. Tony Collette, I fucking love her. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. If anybody's ever seen the United States of Terra, like. Oh, yeah. I knew she was a good actor then. Genius. Yeah. That series. She wasn't perfect in every, like, series personality uh, that no, she, she did. No, she, she annoyed me a little bit. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. But she but did a good job. Fuck, man. She was great. And that yeah. kid, the the one, the actor who plays the son. In the show, yeah. So good. Yeah. thought it was really, yeah, that was a really movie. good. That was an underrated okay. show, I think. No, but the actor who plays the son in Hereditary. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So good. Alex something. Everybody. Wolf. Alex, Alex Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. Everybody's great. Every single character in this movie is thoroughly fucking thought out, well written, well played, and acted. Like, in fucking credible. Some of the visuals that come from this, yeah. like, still fucking stick in my brain. It's one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Okay. By far. Um, Absolutely loved it. Surprised it didn't make it further, but there's two other movies that I loved a little bit more. Okay. For different reasons. For my number three, and this was pretty tough because it was tied. It gets to- really hard here because yeah. my number ones are tied, guys. Uh, <laughs> Number three and number two are very close. Um, I would have given it to this movie to number two if it weren't for just a few things. But this one I picked Terrified for, uh, which is by writer-director... Demian Rogna. I'm glad it still made your list because you worried me. A hundred percent, You yes. worried me for a second of how you reacted to me saying it was number no. four because I was like, did you not put this on your I list? I didn't want to fucking mention it. What the hell's it. wrong I didn't want to <laughs> spoil it for the listeners. <sighs> okay. So this has to be, honestly, one of the best, uh, one of the sleeper hits of the year, so honestly. fucking good. Um, I still keep telling people to watch this title. I think it's an amazing film. I absolutely loved it. I couldn't believe I was watching an indie film that had the cojones to not only terrify me, but nonstop barrage of suspense and thrills on me. And it did it all out in the open, which is really weird to me. And we've talked about this in our fucking discussion with Jason Smith of Sinister Cinema and uh, the In the Mic of Madness podcast. You know, it, it it's it it's one of those movies that revealed... T- you know, typically when you see a movie, the horror movie that reveals too much, you go, oh, fuck, they ruined it. Now I'm not even in the fucking movie anymore. Yeah. But this movie somehow dances on the line and gives you the middle finger to say, oh, yeah, we can still do that. We can still throw it out in the open and still fucking scare you and still fucking trip you the fuck out. I think it's brilliant. I thought it was I mean, I'm like really, really impressed with this movie and it's it's like the perfect balance of suspense that's completely out in the open and some sort of terrifying experience. Terrified is probably a better word for it. Um, I was terrified. I will happily say that like, it fucking freaked me out. Which is funny, too, because like I almost feel like it's either a happy accident that they were able to skirt this line so close and not push it over either way. Yeah. I just hope, th- I guess, I just hope that it's not a one-trick pony 
situation and we get to see a fuck ton more from Dimion Rugna because in my opinion this is one of the best unrelenting horror movies I've ever seen we got to see this year nothing short of a panic attack that you know it kind of sets off a panic attack every few minutes yes it really does which is really ingenious like I almost feel like you're either a genius or you just accidentally made one of the fucking most fucking suspenseful fucking movies I've seen to date like and 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 I know I'm like really chalking it up here I'm like you know talking a lot about how wonderful this film is it's incredible I know I'm talking it a bunch guys but it does have its flaws and some of the things that really bothered me in this movie was the CGI in the film was a bit schlocky but I never really cared that much while I was watching this film. I didn't even notice it. I did, and that's why it gets a little bit lower on my list a little bit. But that's how good it was, the fact that I was able to overlook it. Plus, you know, it had subtitles, so I had to read, and I still was locked into this fucking thing and ready to pop every five fucking minutes. Yeah, I'm the opposite of you with subtitles. I love subtitled films because they draw me in more. Because I have to pay attention. Well, that's, while it's hard to see what's going on on the screen, well, that's what I was reading, saying. Yeah, like I and I get that because that's a like that's it's distracting the a little bit. Yeah, with people like with subtitle films, but like I can. Oh, I have nothing against subtitle films whatsoever, like, but I'm I, saying I prefer them. Sometimes <laughs> you have to watch them twice when it comes to a movie of this suspenseful. You really do because it, it, you're you missing so much. Like mm-hmm. you could be missing a little piece here and there. But obviously, uh, Guillermo del Toro agrees with me and you. I know. Because he's funding a fucking remake of the film he's months after this English released, movie. which this is up on Shutter. I have mixed feelings about this getting remade. I do too. Because I am worried that the first one was going to be the best one, much like I feel Record was, mm-hmm. or Record 2 for that matter. Uh, I've, I, I've always compared it to that because... That just what they do in this film, guys, like I cannot overstate. This is a really amazing film. There is no reason this this movie should have done as well as it did. And some of the CGI, including the very end, really bothered me. I get that. It bothered me big time. But at the same time, I didn't even care. (laughs) But I didn't care because the ride there was so good. And I'm just like, Guillermo, what are you doing, man? Maybe just give him money to make another movie. But in the same respect, maybe it's also maybe the creator wanted to redo the first one because he didn't have the budget and he wanted to do it right the first time. And in the same respect, it's Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Well, he's good at aesthetics. I will say that. And he's, he's good at characters. He's good at establishing that. But sometimes right. I don't I don't find his films to be scary. I have a big old heart on for him. So I have a heart on for him, but I have like I a, get that like a child folklore sort of I fairy underst- tale I understand thing. For that, him. But like Pan's Labyrinth and The Orphanage are two films that will always stick with me for the rest of my life. Aesthetically, those are beautiful films, but they did not scare me. The like Orphanage, this movie did. The Orphanage creeped me the fuck out. Man, this movie is scary. <laughs> this movie is more scary than any of Del Toro's. No, I completely agree. This so. movie is fucking terrifying. But so that's why. I'm like, I'm excited for him to take on something like this because I saw he was going to do the English version and I'm like, okay. I don't know. I don't know how I feel because this is so fucking good on its own that I don't feel like it needs an English version. Just like we're doing an English version of Train to Busan. Why? Yeah. Fucking why? Leave it alone. But at the same time, like I'm interested to see and what he will do because he doesn't make movies that scare me. Right. 
this movie fucking scared me. And so I want to see what he's going to do with it and what he's going to give to the fucking creatures. Now, here's one of the things that I'm worried about. Or the about. ghosts or de- whatever the fuck they are. You know what I mean? Like, I'm interested to see know. the take that he did. I'm sure aesthetically, he if he can bring the aesthetics. And it's going to be fucking beautiful. And and then he directs it and he does it his way, Damien, Damien or whatever. And he rewrites the story himself, I think, because he was a good writer. He's a really He's good a great writer. writer. Um, I think it'll be okay. We'll see. Now. I'm not going to count it out. Before we get to number two, though, I have to say something, Brittany. What? Brittany said, and I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but what did I say? you said that your last two are tied. tied. You have to make a decision. I fucking hate you. You have to make a decision. I don't want to. It's okay. It's so hard. Top two, <laughs> you might as well say they're the same anyway, but you have to pick one because there's no uh, way we can toss it back and forth. All right. Oh, they're going to be different for sure because I know my 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 number one is I don't even think on your it's I don't it's not on your list. That's fine. I can like almost guarantee it, but it's fine. My number two is Mandy. Okay. It is so fucking hard for me to say that, you guys. That's my number two as well. What? Yeah. Is Hereditary your number one? I'm not going to say. Shah. I want to know. I'm so... It has to be because you didn't mention uh, it. You'll see. Um, You might be surprised. I hope I am. So my number two is Mandy. It's, you know, Nick Cage, guys. <laughs> Panos Cosmatos. Like, Cosmatos. Cosmatos, yeah. Cosmatos, yeah, because we fucked it up. I always say Cosmatos. So it's about the enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest that is brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchmen, <laughs> yeah. propelling a man into a spiraling, surreal rampage of vengeance. Right. It was so fucking incredibly difficult for me to not make this movie my number one, you guys. Like, yeah. I thought it was going to be my number one the minute I saw it, before I saw it. I think I know what your number one is. Up but... until... You probably do. Up until... The other day, like this was my number one movie of 2018, right? Um, because I, I, I just, I really wanted it to be. I thought it was going to be. It is both a visual and auditory feast. And then you get crazy ass Nicolas Cage to top it all off, and yeah. he is sent. He's the cherry on sensational top. in this movie. Yeah, he is fantastic. And this is one of those movies Alex and I both agree on that gets better when you watch it again. And because we yeah, both and, we both coincidentally enough rewatched it again last night, yes, and fell even more in love with this movie, yeah. than we did the first time we saw it, yeah. and we were both, as you know, from listening to our review of it. Brittany said this was going to be her number dick. one without a doubt. I absolutely did. Yeah, I absolutely did, and it's still hard for me to not make it my number one because it's it's incredible. <laughs> Don't you um, mention what it is yet? He like Panos Cosmatos provides us with this heavy metal Hellraiser romance. That just speaks to me in all of the fucking right ways. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Like, I personally do not understand how anyone cannot love this movie or at the very least appreciate it. Yeah. And that's what bums me the fuck out the most. Some some aspect of it at the very least. There yeah. are so many negative reviews about this movie that I just don't understand. Yeah. And I it's such a breath of fresh air and it's something that was absolutely needed, like in this genre, you know, and for different ways. But it, it's very hard to come by in a simple revenge plot film to make something stand out and make it different and right. make it unique. And somehow he managed to do that with this. Like, Mandy is anything but simple. It really is. But I just, I, I want everybody to just let it take control of all of your fucking senses and go along for the fucking ride because it is magnificent. Like, it is one of those movies that just grabs you from the beginning and takes you to this ethereal fucking place. <laughs> 
and the everything about it is just so perfect like from the king crimson fucking title track to this movie which is in fucking incredible it's so good it's been stuck in my head since we saw the movie and now since last night it's like it lives there permanently but it it's so good the how they light everything yeah well a lot of people felt it was a little oversaturated don't care yeah like i like I, like kind of opinion to me i'm just like Whatever. On. I don't forget. You're a fuck. missing the like, point. You are missing the fucking yeah. point. Like <laughs> this is a true, like true look back, like sixties and seventies film. Well, I mean, well, it takes place in the eighties, but like eighties too. But well, it's, I yeah, mean, I this think it's eighty four. Actually, this is like that time frame and like grindhouse type movies. Yeah, this like pays the utmost respect to that genre and to that time period. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about it because I love these like art house, garden house type like films from those time periods. And to me, this is, this is art. Like yeah. it's living fucking art and it is incredible and crazy ass Nicolas Cage, especially in the bathroom, that bathroom scene. <laughs> I've never seen whitey tidies look so soiled. Like I've never been more attracted to Nicolas Cage <laughs> in my life. So. Oh, he, but to me, he didn't. He looked not attractive. Like more. But like, I, I'm a fucking susceptible. I'm a fucking weirdo. Opinion. So I was just like. He he owned that susceptibility, in my opinion. I just I love that because he's so fucking vulnerable and he let he breaks down completely and it's so believable to me well i thought it was a little fishy at first but the second time i viewed it i had no problem with it yeah that was honestly like that's my that's i think it was just paying too close attention when i first watched it so well, i had we, like you and i were yeah, like on the edge in. of our seats yeah. like not blinking christina didn't like it but i loved it yeah I loved you love i thought you loved it more than me but i think i think we balanced each um, other out at I'm some point obsessed with this fucking like movie. this could have been lower on my list but it went up and for you it went down it went down one yeah, barely. Just it's, barely. I, it's still like I still want to just be like, never mind. It's number one because yeah. like I rewatching it, I shouldn't have rewatched it because I was like set, and then I rewatched it and I was like, oh my god. You mentioned and and before I get into my little spiel here, uh, you mentioned that you know like you've heard people say that they didn't really like it for for x reason y reason really 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 good friends who's like a huge hugely into horror and like knows a ton of fucking shit and that and recommends movies to me nicole like doesn't like this movie really yeah like she it's not like she doesn't like it it's just it wasn't what she wanted it to be it wasn't what uh, she expected it to be she... and so she was like it's not her favorite and i was like what and she explained it to me a little bit and i get it makes but sense at the same time i'm just like well what this is what i was gonna say He's one of the freshest new visionary directors out right now. And I can't say that every single movie that he does here forward is going to be as good as the two as this one or Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is kind of up in the air for some people. I liked it. Um, but I know you like it. But I think he has a very aesthetic, picturesque, and oftentimes twisted nostalgia of the 80s that really connects to me in a lot of ways and I think is pretty amazing. And it's not as like in your face style too. He has a really good way of blending it together, like all of his favorite things into one thing. And that's what I've noticed. And this movie is often I've, I've said this a million times, but it's a blend of art house with grind house. And he takes a lot of his childhood and he paints this ridiculously 
atmospheric film that takes a revenge movie and literally shoves it up its ass with a violent chainsaw axe wielding sort of kind of like live action heavy metal movie. Do you mm-hmm. remember when we first watched the movie? Yep. When the DVD came out, the Blu-ray, he literally said one of the first things he says in the background of the making of is that I had a huge fucking boner for fucking metal uh heavy, heavy metal. metal and i was like yes which you and i both said yeah yeah i was like it really seriously because was that's what it feels like yeah and it, it, well it's like the, all the animations and everything like i was just like holy shit it, it's like, literally a fucking acid trip too plus linus roach who plays mm, jeremiah sands transforms on the mrs dick the second time i watched <laughs> it by the way <laughs> yeah i took a good look at it this time i don't know why i was like is it really small because she has a good time with that um, I won't spoil it. Uh, but he really transforms on the screen and into some sort of like, you know, egomaniacal driven male persona, you know, that I personally think is worthy of awards as far as a. He's so good. It's like a co star or whatever, you know, like. Supporting actor. Yeah, supporting actor. He is like amazing. I think Cage also solidified that I was wrong about him previously and that he has the balls to try some pretty great out there shit and even if you aren't fond of him and even if his role in this movie isn't too far from the tree of what we love most about him it's still fucking good and having him on my top list twice is something that is beyond mind-boggling to me i I thought that that mom and dad were going to be closer together than and mandy but you know we watched a lot of films so you know i think it's something to say about him returning to the silver screen Mm -hmm. you know with a death axe in hand and a chainsaw in the other (laughs) and panos actually saw that and i think that he delivered it in such a unique way that I think it is worthy of being at the top list. Granted, Mandy may not be your top two of the fucking 2018, but for us, it it really scratched our pickle in just the right way, I think. my pickle in all the ways I needed it to. So good. So... Like, I want to go watch it again. (laughs) I love this fucking movie. Yeah, I I really think it's worth owning. Um, it, It is definitely going to divide people on whether or not they like it. I totally get it. Like, some people don't like the slow burn stuff. I can get into it. I'm not into every slow burn movie. God, no. But I can get into ones that fit my personal taste and this one is i think this is a very when you get down to the top three it is becomes a personal taste thing you know what i mean so with that said guys what we're gonna do now is we're gonna join we're gonna end the show we're gonna well not just end the show (laughs) but we're gonna jump into our top 2018 horror movie right now All right, guys, so what made our number one list this year? And I know this has been a long episode, but we wanted to give every film that we watched this year the credit that it deserves. And honestly, if we really wanted to do it justice, it would have been a seven-hour episode. But, Brittany, why don't you kick it off with your favorite movie of 2018? All right, my number one from 2018 is Incident in a Ghostland. Wow. Did you know it? I I mean, I didn't know that it was going to be number one. Number one. I knew that you loved it, but I had no idea it was going to be number one. It was hard for me (laughs) between this, between this Mandy and Hereditary and Terrified. Like, honestly, my top four was the hardest. Yeah, it was really hard. I had to get really picky. 
Exactly. And so if you guys aren't or if you aren't familiar with this film, it's called Incident in a Ghostland or just Ghostland. And it is from the director of Martyrs, mm-hmm. uh, Pascal Logier. I can never say his last name. Which is a little more tamer than I think than oh, Martyrs. Oh, yeah. oh, fuck yeah. As I it's would a little put more it, mainstream like, approach. Martyrs is one of those that I don't really want to go back to con- like continuously rewatch. Because but you'll never forget. But I'll never forget it. Um, if you're not familiar with this movie, which I a, a lot of fucking people aren't, surprisingly, which shocks me because I feel like coming from a director from of Martyrs, which was a pretty big movie, even though it's more like a, of an underground film, it's one of the bigger of like the underground type of like films. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a horror fan, you've seen Martyrs. So in my opinion, like you should have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but so for me, it kind of kills me a little bit that this isn't more like on a lot of lists. And I feel like because a lot of people didn't know about it. Actually, I think Ken King of Do You Love Horror, our Facebook group, actually picked it as one of his favorite movies. one of the only ones that I saw. Yeah. Um, But this is about a mother of two who inherits a house who's confronted with murderous intruders on the first night in their new home. So she has two teenage daughters, right? They move into this aunt's house who's dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird-ass fucking creepy house. And you feel kind of like this is going to be a haunted house movie. Right? Yeah. Especially how it's like depicted to you right but they're in like they encounter these two murderers their first night in the house they've been there for like 20 fucking minutes and like instantly you're like overwhelmed by these people right and then 60 it cuts to 16 years later when the daughters reunite at the house again and and things go fucking buck wild right (laughs) this this brings us another look into the director's fucking horrifying mind right like he's one of the greatest directors i feel like of, of all time like he's fantastic his movies are great but this film depicts on how trauma can be perceived or tolerated okay. by an individual. And it's a it's a psychological horror, psychological thriller movie, which we all know I love. I'm a big old fucking pushover for movies like that <laughs> um, that make you fucking think. And they throw you through a loop. And I love that. And this is split basically like into three acts. Okay. Sorts like you. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah. No, I watched oh, the whole right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just it just didn't make my list. Just to be no, fair. No, I, I get that because yeah. I felt I remember you said that there was something about it that you didn't you didn't like, but you didn't really remember what it was. Yeah. Um. It would have struck me right away. I wouldn't have forgotten it if if it would have affected me that way. Yeah. So I would have gone back to it if I even had questions. Really, totally but, get it. Yeah. Um. But like this is it's basically split into three different acts, and rightfully so because you follow along the main daughter. Uh, Beth, mm-hmm. Beth, pretty much throughout the entire film, like it's through her eyes is how you watch it. But it gives you this heartbreaking twist that's like towards this the middle of the film. So okay. during kind of the second act of the movie, you get this completely heartbreaking twist in this moment between the two sisters that really like rips your heart out of your fucking chest, right? Okay, and breaks you down. And it is done so well. It's a sigh, but of sadness. Like, you know, usually you kind of get this sigh where, like, this pressure is, like, released. This is a sigh of where you're like, holy shit, like, now you really understand what's happening in this okay. movie. And you go, oh, no. I would, I wish I would have experienced it the way you did, but yeah, I, it uh, just must be, like, a, you know, like I said, it's a personal... It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. And I, like, I, I'm just surprised this isn't on a lot more lists than it is. But, um, it, like, that same twist that comes from the middle actually answers a lot of the unanswered questions that kind of lead up to that moment okay where you're going this doesn't make any fucking sense like 
why would they stay in this house? Why is she not committed? Like, why this? Why that? Why this? Like, there's all Don't these questions. It. I'm not. I'm not going to. Okay. But there's all these questions that you're like trying to figure out in your mind that are like driving you kind of fucking crazy. And then you get this fucking crazy punch in the gut twist right in the center of the film, and like towards the end of the second act, going into the third, and then you're like, oh no. Yeah. You know, and you go into this dark place, and now you're just kind of like trying to watch the movie and hope for a decent ending to it (laughs) but you don't think you're gonna get one i vaguely remember that and i uh, i don't know but the idea of horror is handled a little bit differently in this movie like while there's gore and Mm -hmm. violence and whatever like and yeah there's a lot of it yeah because it's a violent fucking movie and there's a good amount of gore in here but they take this psychological like aspect like this route basically, uh, in this movie, to make you feel something different. Mm-hmm. Like, they make you feel the dread and the fear from the characters, and they kind of take, like, it embodies you and puts you in that position. And I feel like this might hit women a little bit differently it may, yeah. than it does men, because this is something that can happen so easily Understand. and happens daily. Like, this happens constantly, like, in throughout our fucking Well, you history. make me want to wa- rewatch it, You though. should rewatch it, because it's fucking good, dude. Like, it is so fucking good. It's just powerful. <laughs> like, there's so many scenes in here that just made me kind of stop and appreciate them for what they were, because they're not fucking gory, they're not fucking violent, but they make you feel something, and they put you in the shoes of the characters and make you go, hell no. Yeah. Like, th- like, I got so fucking uncomfortable on in multiple moments of this movie where I was just sitting there like reeling to myself like and there's been several movies that have made me like Martyrs is one of them that yeah. has made me extremely fucking uncomfortable well, watching the original it. That I saw I don't know if I saw the remake I don't know if I saw that but like it's good and it okay. like it's uncomfortable I can't spot. remember like it's super uncomfortable like any version of it that, that movie, you want to yeah. watch is uncomfortable like and there's a lot of horror movies like that that are just unnerving and unsettling. And when you watch them, you, you're just like, Bleh. this is one of those that's on a little bit on the lighter side of that. But I, I like that. And I appreciate that coming from somebody who did a movie such as Martyrs that's so in your fucking face, violent. Yeah. And this one is more subtle and more psychological. Like there are jump scares in this movie, but the true horror just comes out from how those how those two women play their roles yeah the two young girls are so good and he kind of jumps around timelines i remember it's hi- but, yeah, yeah. It, it jumps but yeah. it, it makes like when you like pay attention to the three separate acts and you look at them as three separate acts yeah it makes sense as to why it's jumping around time wise because it tells this different story and i can't get into that without yeah, completely no, ruining not. it yeah but there's a lot of controversy behind this movie yeah a lot to me i feel like that's what's really like Holding it back. It's what's really holding it back and what's also really like gearing up the negative reviews that are coming from like coming at this movie is because people are looking into the negatives before they watch it. Well, what is the negative about it? Like what is it? It's misogynistic. It's transphobic. I figured that might be what it was. Those are the two biggest things is that people are, well, besides the fact that one of the young actresses Uh, was horrific. I know exactly what it is because one of the actors is male, female sort of, uh, yeah, embodiment. Like you don't know, it kind of rides the line. Sure. But they're they're trying to say that maybe you might be transphobic because you think that character is evil because of that. No, they just happen to be evil because of it. I don't think of it any other way. They're trying to paint it 
and this is what this is just what fucking bothers me like in general with people who try and make something that's not there for movies well that's like, an interesting perception that i'm glad that you're sharing it's a lot of and it's a lot of different things like there, this happens in a lot of different movies and that's and especially from of, you because if i were to say something like this it would be you know like whatever yeah no and, and he's you're, a dude you're a dude i get it one of the biggest arguments is that this is a misogynistic movie because of the violence on women right have you not seen a fucking horror movie in your entire life because almost every single one of them is violence upon fucking women. Right. Always. It gets a little out of hand sometimes. I think people are looking. I think This is nowhere near. Like, not to get too crazy on this and too political, but I think because of the world that we live in now in the social media world, people are looking for things to not necessarily, I don't want to say boycott. They want to get behind things, good causes, so to right. speak, because that is like their way of, you know, getting out there and having a voice and, you know, whatever reason. Some people have it for nefarious reasons. Some people don't. Um, but they all have a voice to shout out about this one thing. And sometimes, even though they don't know the answer of why the person did this, and there may be a very valid reason they could be overthinking it too much, and really, it's a story about them overcoming it. Right. Instead. So I totally, totally understand and get it. Yeah, like, those those two things, like... It's interesting to hear your point of view from it, because, you know, being a female, to be honest, and I, and I forgot about all the controversy on this, because it had been a little while. It's been, like, five, six months, I think, since it's, I saw it. Yeah, and it's been, like, that's really what's holding this film back, hmm. is the amount of fucking hate that it's received. And I was like, now I have to see this fucking movie. Like I read hmm. ab about this and I'm like, I have to fucking see it. You I know? forgot like, all about it. Yeah. I need to know what's fucking pissing people off so much because I remember like when a Serbian film had everybody in a fucking uproar right. and I was like, why, you know, I need to fucking see this. And then I watched it. And again, I went, I don't get it. Like yeah. I've seen worse. I think originally it was called Ghostland, and then it got changed yeah, to Incident, Incident in a Ghostland, Ghostland yeah. or Ghostland. Like it's under both titles. A lot of the issue from here also stems from the fact that one of the young actresses was permanently disfigured because of it. Yeah, making this movie. I remember that. And he's notorious for pushing his actors. A lot of uh, directors have done that. Yes. Uh, Lucio he's, Fulci. He's not the fucking first. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, um, he's not the first. He won't be the last. Like, yeah. he wants a specific... He has a specific vision, and he wants that from his actors. Raw emotion. And I get yeah. it. And I absolutely get it. Like, but... And, and this does... This is really sad. This whole story is really, really sad, because... Mm -hmm. She stopped and had asked if she should have actually continued with what they were doing because she didn't feel it was safe. And they told her yes. And so she did. She breaks the glass, slides through and completely fucking cuts her face wide open and is disfigured. Hmm. Like, and it's a it's a scar from like the upper cheek all the way down to the middle of her chin. Wow. It's gnarly. Like she still is beautiful. As fuck I forgot about that part too, but done, I remember that somebody got hurt. That's she's all had it. so much, like so much like plastic surgery and all these different fillers and all these different things to like offset it. And it looks, it's almost unnoticeable ish now. Like it looks really good. And pretty soon it's going to be like almost entirely gone. gone, but she's suing the production company and everything, you know, for this movie. And as does she, she have any will towards the movie? No, I don't think so. Like, I don't like what I was able to read is that her like from what I've seen from it and I and I could be totally wrong because I just didn't stumble across anything else of her speaking badly about the film. Mm -hmm. It was more about the fact that she expressed her frustration or her concern. Yeah, is a better word. Um, 
with doing that scene. Right. And then the hardest they thing is taken that that scene is thing, still yeah. in the movie. Right. Not where she actually breaks the glass and goes through it. That's not part of it. But that whole scene that leads up to her doing that is still in the film. And so that was a lot. Of, it was kind of like an insult to injury uh, moment. Okay. But so I feel like well, that's a lot Well, I mean, I definitely what, side with her opinion. No, I do too. I would sue yeah. the shit out of them too if I was her. Like, absolutely. Like, and she's young. Yeah. She's a, a fucking kid. And she's an actor. And she's completely an disfigured herself. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that fucking sucks. Like, it's that's her fate. That's her fucking moneymaker. Like, yeah. I absolutely understand. And I would sue them too if that was me. But that shouldn't take away from the beauty that is this movie. Like, I, I really liked it and I didn't think I was going to. You know, like, it's, hmm. a, it's a rough subject. It's a difficult subject. It's something that I didn't think that I would look at and like really actually enjoy because it is the yeah, especially with all the controversy, it kind of makes you wonder if you should pick it. But it's know? like, I mean, it's like, what will the hive think? Yeah, it's the rape <laughs> and torture of young girls. Like, it's a fucking tough movie. Like, yeah. it's really hard to say that I actually like loved this film, but how they handle this and the twist that that comes in the middle of this movie and the relationship between the two sisters. Yeah. Their fucking acting is just out of this world. Incredible. And how it ends is great. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's well done. It's a well shot, well acted, well written film. And I loved it from start to fucking finish their emotions. I can tell you're very passionate about it. It was so good. Like I, and you know, like this and Mandy are the two movies that really made me feel this. I don't know. I think Mandy pales in comparison to this. And the way you're talking about it, just yeah, to say. Well, they're just the two that made me feel right. the most this well, year and like made me fall in love with them for completely different reasons. I mean, I'm going to go off on my top pick, but probably not as passionately as you just did. So, <laughs> uh, but I will say that uh, my top pick, my number one pick for this year is without a doubt, Hereditary. Yeah. And Ari Aster, who wrote and directed this film, did amazing. In my personal opinion, honestly, without a doubt. This is a movie that deserves every bit of credit that it got. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked about this with other movies. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that they felt it was a little too slow. Um, uh, It's better than fucking The Witch. Okay. Sorry. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm sorry. Uh, No, I agree with you. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I like The Witch. (laughs) Yeah. Even if you like The Witch, you have to, you have to bow to this motherfucker uh, because there was, to me, this movie had it all. It had gore, suspense, mystery, creepiness, and 100% phenomenal acting. It's a fucking goddamn shame! (laughs) Shame! On the Academy Awards, you fucking assholes didn't even pick Tony Collette as your fucking nomination? I know. You Are you kidding me? Like, I could fucking rant about this. <laughs> I can't Like, do. seriously. I was pissed. Hate the movie for all these other different things. Uh, 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 sound design. It got sound design. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, no. Um, she it's like, fucking... It's like the epitome... I'm sorry. It's like the equivalent of a pity fuck. Dude, she fucking <laughs> earned a nomination at the very least, if not won the award, in my opinion, because... Her breakdown scene in this movie where she cries and is, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this very slightly, is she's screaming, I don't want to live anymore. I just don't want to. I like, I've got chills just reenacting my shitty version of her acting. It literally, every time, when I saw it in the theater, I cried. When I watched it again this time, I cried. Me too. Like, and I tried to hide it, but I'm not even ashamed of it. Like, 
that should be an accomplishment for any actor to make you feel that way. I'm welling up as I speak because of how tragic that fucking scene was for yeah. her. And it is like chokes me up, like seriously doing it. And I'm, I don't know, man, I'm sorry, but this movie specifically, especially for her, um, to make me feel anything for her or a character in any movie like that was just amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love that too. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. She's her performance in this is just insane. I'm like at the very least, even if you don't like this movie and think it's in the top five, you have to appreciate that. In my opinion, this movie had me going for days after we fucking did the episode on it uh you know we sparked a lot of debates with a lot of people online i was using it to say to give my personal middle finger to the witch a lot uh, <laughs> granted uh, fucking movie so much. i i don't know why i hate it i'm just so disappointed uh, that everybody loves it cracks uh, me up how much how, how can everybody love a two-act movie so much about blue balls blue balls <laughs> This movie delivers it on every fucking angle that you could possibly imagine. It is ten times the movie The Witch is. I'm sorry if you hate me. Uh, but I anyway. You. Oh, you're talking about our listeners? I'm sorry. I'm very passionate about it. I had to bring the passion because Britney brought so much. Uh, anyway, Ari Aster, in my opinion, knocked it out of the fucking park, and I cannot wait to see what he fucking does next. He can write amazing, and he can direct amazing. It is a fine piece of horror cinema to me and it shows that even in horror it can be thoughtful and tragic at the same time and he's got a new movie coming out called midsummer or midsummer i don't know how to say it. it's like weird play on words maybe um that he wrote and directed as well so i have no doubts that it's going to very least at the very least be really good Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like an eight, probably. If it's not, I'll eat my words, whatever. Suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> also, I do have to mention, guys, like um, if I've, I've mentioned this to numerous people, I've tried to get people to watch it. But if you really and this is uh, came to me because of Ryan Prowse, the director of Low Life, who I gave mad props for one of his uh, one of the better movies this year that I have seen. I loved his film. He told me, because we got into it talking about like fucking Ari Aster and the hereditary was coming out. And he was like, oh, dude, if you want to see something, you want to see where Ari Aster comes from, you need to watch the short that he called The Strange Thing About the Johnson, uh, about the Johnsons, which is really fucking disturbing, dude. And it's up on Vimeo for free for you to watch. It's like 30 minutes long. If you are a fan of Hereditary in any facet whatsoever, you need to watch this fucking movie. It, without a doubt, shows how much of a fucking direction and writing chops that this motherfucker Ari Aster has. Sorry, Ari, I apologize. Uh, but you, you have the chops, dude. And it shows just how disturbing and amazing a movie can be at the same time. So I really look forward to it. I'm super excited about this movie. I think it is an achievement in the last decade, uh, that we have, we've had a film of this stature, in my opinion. It may not be everybody's personal favorite movie, but I think this is the upper tier of fucking horror, in my opinion. If you're going to do any kind of like Academy Awards or anything, this is the movie that deserves This would have been. Like, and that's what bums me the fuck out so much about it. I mean, it. it has a few flaws. Like, they're, like, you know, the kid Alex Wolf, like, he got, by the way, I watched the extras. He get cut out a lot in the extras. Yeah. By the way, like, almost 
like 10 scenes of him were cut out of this movie from the theatrical release. And I don't think there's ever going to be a director or he'll a release or whatever, but he got cut out a lot. And, and granted, the whole scene with him and his sister, and I'm not going to mention what it is, is probably one of the most intense scenes in the entire movie. Uh, you don't know whether to laugh, cry, or whatever. He was a big part of that. I give him mad props. But with that said, a couple of moments in the movie, I just had a hard time swallowing that an 18-year-old is crying like a little eight-year-old. But in the same respect, I guess if you've seen trauma in your life, maybe you can you know, re- go back to your childhood self and have that moment like (laughs) regress your fucking uh emotional state so if you wanted to you know shine a light on it and make make a point about it you could say that but it just bothered me a little bit sometimes i kind of laughed which the second the third time watching it so i'm like oh my god anyway (laughs) but i still think this is a fucking fine achievement and uh it's a great movie i'm I'm like just really bummed that it's not a like nominated for actual like awards and shit Fuck because them, dude. out Fuck of like those but people. we're notoriously shunned well and not only and that not only is is horror shunned we've only been picked three times in the history of the academy awards other no otherwise known as the oscars uh it's become uh actually philip defranco did a piece he does morning shows now and monday through friday where they covered the oscars i think it was the monday morning that you can watch and i'll try to link below it is really eye-opening as to what they call, it's not about making it in, it's about racing to see who gets there. Because there is what they call whisper campaigns, because it is illegal for people to be nominated if you interject with fucking up a movie's, like, credibility. So they do it behind the scenes, they, like, try to, like, plant news into articles and shit like that. Sources say... Stuff like that to try to fucking sabotage a movie before it comes out. And the Oscars is ridden with that. And I wouldn't trust anything those motherfuckers say anyway. Granted, there's no doubt that these movies that they are picking are good movies. Yeah. But uh, I think they need to take a second look at horror. And it sucks because we never get the fucking credit. Horror never gets the fucking credit due because it's some niche fucking silly thing that doesn't really affect life in any positive way in their minds. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck you. I don't know. I get mad. But anyway, guys, what do you think of our top picks this year? A lot of (laughs) you are going to listen to this and be like, Instant and Ghostlands fucking shit. They're like, man, this is a good episode. And they're like, fuck these guys. I'm fucking done. That's why we kept it to the end. Um, but you know, you know, a lot of people are gonna look at what you know the movies that I picked and just be like, really, or you know what you picked and say, really, you know, like Incident of Ghostland. How the fuck do you say that tops Mandy and Hereditary? You're a fucking idiot. Yeah, I can it's all feel personal it opinion. Yeah, but it's it's literally like I made this list for me. These are the movie the movies that spoke to me the most this yeah. year for different fucking reasons. And it's the same with Alex, yeah. and it's the same with you. If you want to make your own fucking top list, cool. If Halloween's your number Great. one good for you and you know what i think she's saying is is that if you picked anything other than our list then you're wrong That's right what is I'm that saying. what oh oh <laughs> not at all i'm sorry i'm just being silly now <laughs> guys like, everyone already hates me alex <laughs> guys worse. we appreciate like, oh god the dick joke girl's back we appreciate right. you guys so much you have no idea like we really there, do. there's a lot of work and time put into this it is really what we do here is to celebrate horror it's not to shit on horror we may have our opinions here and there but honestly like 
We're here to celebrate horror, some of the good, the bad, the ugly, and point out some of the good stuff. So if you guys enjoy that, we're going to continue to do that this year. This is going to be a big year for us, Brittany. So 2019, I'm being serious. We're going to be doing some new things. I'm going to be pushing the envelope to try to do more than I normally do. I'm going to be pushing you to do more than you normally would somehow, some way. I'll figure it out (laughs) if I have to tell your job that you're... Are you going to pay my salary? Yeah, there you go. Well, we can pay the salary for Brittany as long job. as you guys donate $50,000 a year. <laughs> make this my only job. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Anyway, guys, thank Please you so much for job. coming and visiting us this for our top 2018. We hope you enjoyed that. I hope some of your picks are on there. What are your some of your picks? What do you think we should have picked uh, for our top 2018? And Brittany, welcome back, lady. Thanks. I love those robotic legs. They're great, right? <laughs> but uh guys we'll see you next week for a brand new episode we're going to be talking about the howling the last two movies my life why do i come back now (laughs) so you're gonna want to i know you've held on to these until i come back which Uh, well i've been wanting to do them we're gonna do critters in the future we got record the whole franchise so but howling the last two movies of howling i think it's six and or seven and eight seven and eight yeah for the last ones guys so We'll see you next week, guys, and as always, stay weird, monsters. <laughs>